Talking Dice Masters. The beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. Vulture Rotor Ash to the squared circle of Dice Masters. And we've got one slobber knocker of an episode in store for you. Because we're talking WWE humanoids. That's right, we're going into that cage and we're not coming out without the belt. Because the set drops tomorrow. But first, we've got a little house cleaning to take care of. Yeah, let's talk one big weekend, 2020. We're closing in on 30 venues already. There's the standards, but I want to point out a few of the new recruits this year. I'm looking at you, Portugal. I'm looking at you, Ames, Iowa, and I'm looking at Mike's Comics in Michigan. Hey, let's not forget about the Mississippi crew and the cats from College Station. That's right, everybody. If you want to get in on the fiesta on Kosher Moore, check out the One Big Weekend landing page at... RollinThunder.xyz forward slash OBW2020 for One Big Weekend 2020. No apostrophe, no G. And that'll tell you everything you need to know about the event and how to sign up. But do it before February 25th. That's right, because Jordo's hard at work on our custom prizing. And in order to get things fabricated in time for the local events, we're going to need enough time to get the job done contact us via our contact page to let us know you're interested yeah prizing looks sweet head on over to that landing page to take a peek at some of the stuff that jordo's been cooking and that's only the start because ryan from chris and rob's game room is also hard at work harnessing the infinity gems of prizing and that's not all we've got cards we've got tokens and boy are they sweet we've got promos and for the online final following the events the community has come out of the woodwork to lay down even more great prizing. The incredible Jocelyn from DM North is donating a custom One Big Weekend 2020 dice bag. Check the show notes for a link to her site. Also, no serious event would be complete without the artwork of Stuart. That's right, Stuart has kindly offered to add some of his oeuvre to our cause. Check the show notes for links to his Facebook page and where you can feast your eyes on some of his custom card art. And for our online final runner-up and champion, Peter Van de Velde and Jordo are busy designing a custom One Big Weekend playmat. But you can't play in the online final unless you play in the local OBW first. So sign up as soon as possible to play. And if you feel like traveling... Join your neighbor's events, too. The One Big Weekend landing page will be updated frequently as new info comes in, so drop by often. Shall I ring the bell? Ring the bell and slam the door. There's no escaping this one-of-a-kind classic in the making. You've heard of Piper's Pit? That's yesterday's news, sports fans and dice experts, because we're going to welcome you to a new layer. You want to get the lowdown on the background of the superstars that populate this new campaign box and team packs? You say you're feeling out of the loop, can't relate to the storylines and themes that populate this new WWE IP? Then this episode will be like a cup of coffee in the morning, yeah? Too hot to handle and too cold to hold, and the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah! Because we're going to welcome you to a place where all your wrestling questions can be answered, where all the backgrounds on heels and faces, grudges and finishing moves will be revealed. Welcome, my friends, to Lucan's Lounge. <laughs> this 
first lounge special, we looked long and hard to find a challenger with chops, a warrior who not only had the intricate knowledge of the dice combat game known as Dice Masters, but is steeped in the history and lore of the squared circle itself. As Jesse the Body Ventura once said, wrestling is ballet with violence. And to that end, we're proud to escort into Lucan's Lounge, the most graceful bruiser in the business, hailing from the Badger State of Wisconsin, the winner of the 2019 Wisconsin One Big Weekend, the runner-up in the Season 2 Legacy Tournament for Chris and Rob's Game Room, and the organizer of Aftershock Wisconsin Dice Masters, but perhaps most significantly, the on-air talent for the Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Bruiser Bodie! Hey, y'all. As Scott Hall would say. Josh, let me guide you to your recliner by the fire here. Can we get you anything from the Luke and Lounge's bar? Uh, you know, a couple of uh, cold Steve Weisers would be, uh, Beneficial. Oh, hell yeah. Excellent. Let it be so. <laughs> All right, Josh, before we get into the superstars, tell us a little bit about the Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast and, you know, where people can find it and the likes of that. Oh, for sure. So, Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, you can find us in anywhere you listen to your podcast listening, iTunes, Spotify. You can check us out on Facebook. Just look up Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. Or join the JP Woo, as we like to call it over here, <laughs> JPW Universe. Awesome. And we post all kinds of different wrestling stuff there. You get the latest news, the breaking news, you get the memes, you get all kinds of stuff there. If you follow Twitter, you find us on Twitter at JPW Podcast and Instagram, Juice Pro Wrestling. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit about the show. How did it come to be and, and what are the subjects you usually cover? Yeah, no problem. I've been listening to it for a little bit. A buddy of mine who I've played shows and stuff with with his bands and stuff, his name is Justin. Uh, he lives out in Hobart, Indiana. Well, one day we had a show together and we were talking, and this is when the podcast was still in its infancy. You know, we just knew each other through that. We knew each other as wrestling fans. We always talked wrestling online or in person. And, you know, he wanted me on. So I did a guest spot, an episode, and one day I was on again. He had me on another episode not too much longer later. And then he asked me, he's like, hey, I want to bring you aboard to uh, have you help us grow this into something bigger. And ever since then, I've been on-air talent, helping get other talent and stuff like that, and just doing design and stuff for them. That's awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Finally, I had an outlet to talk wrestling, man, because I had so much to say. (laughs) Well, we're really excited to have you on the show, because I think I have a little more wrestling knowledge than a lot of Dice Masters folks, but mine kind of cuts off at a specific date, you know? So I'm really hoping that you can fill in the blanks. When I was younger, you know, I, I went to high school and college in Connecticut. And that time it was still the WWF, you know, before the World Wildlife Foundation sued them and made them change their name to WWE. (laughs) But, uh, (laughs) you know, they're located in Stamford, Connecticut. So it was kind of always in our backyard. My younger brother was really into it. And I just kind of hanging out with him, I got into it. And when I got to college, they would wrestle at the New Haven Coliseum right down the street from us probably nice. every three weeks you know it just came through they're the hardest working men in show business man they are constantly touring oh, yeah. the damage to their bodies has got to be intense but anyway i got a university press pass from a buddy of mine who worked for the school paper oh nice and i would go down to there and i would photograph like crazy so i got to know a lot of these guys a little bit behind the scenes and it was really fun they you know afterward they go and hang out at all the faces and heels who were supposed to be in grudges would go down to peppy's pizza or sally's pizza and hang out together and you know late at night, after <laughs> <That's> the night. <laughs> awesome. it was great 
great. But that was in the 80s, yeah. you know, so my wrestling knowledge literally kind of cuts off at, I, I kind of have some of the knowledge from earlier than that because the guys, you know, mm-hmm. when, when in New Haven, they would have to do a battle royal and they'd have to fill out 30 guys. And so they would call like Bruno San Martino and Chief Jay Strongbow and all these real killer Kowalski nice. out of retirement to come in yes. you know, to fill up the thing. So, you know, I'm kind of up to the Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Honky Tonk Man era. Yeah, and then after that, go. it falls Rock and off. Roll era. Exactly. So, you know, I'm really looking forward for you filling in the details for me and I'm hopefully for everybody else out there. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. The little known fact, I wrestled for 10 years. I pro wrestled. Right on. Where? What, and what venue and all that? Well, mostly Milwaukee. I was uh, started out in this little promotion called Real Extreme Wrestling Federation. I did some stuff for them, did some stuff for BCW, MCW, a couple shows down in Illinois with uh, PWF. Did a couple of things up in Minnesota, but pretty much just locally That's for awesome. a few years. Yeah. My wrestling name was Violence the Living Nightmare. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I was, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of the uh, Cactus Jack of our federation. Like, I love Mankind. I love Cactus Jack, Mick Foley. Like, Great. he was my guy. So that was kind of my character. So when we get to Mankind, we're going to have to really dive into it. This is going to be great. All right. Oh, awesome. Man. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, this from a Dice Masters perspective, this set kind of reminds me a lot of the Yu-Gi-Oh set from the early days of Dice Masters. You know, a lot of people back then didn't know much about Yu-Gi-Oh and they weren't crazy for the card art. and They passed it up, you know, I think much to their detriment because there were a lot of unique abilities, cool mechanics and power cards in that set. The creative brewers quickly picked up on those and put them to good use. And that changed the way the game was played. I, I think this set might be similar to that. And I'm hoping that a little background about the history, stories, feuds, and the abilities of the superstars in this set will help people reap that little extra bit of enjoyment out of this set because they'll understand some of the thematic underpinnings of some of the abilities and just the storylines. And and that's where you come in, Josh. I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the park here. I'll do my best. <laughs> uh, and we, we did a little Ric Flair confidence there, brother. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Wasn't Bobby Heaton? Wasn't Bobby Heaton said something like, you know, if you don't think I'm great, just ask me or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That was Heaton. He was the best. The one-liners galore. Exactly. And, and also, like Yu-Gi-Oh, where the cards talked about monsters, they were referencing characters in this set. When a card says superstar, it means character. For example, all sidekicks in the field on their pawn face would be considered superstars in terms of the card text. Yeah, great. Look, and thank you for getting that out there because I know that's going to come up right front and center. Yeah. It's like superstar in the card means character. It doesn't mean specifically wrestler. Sidekicks would count. All right. Well, shall we do it? Are you ready to get into some of these guys? Let's go down the list. Oh, yeah. First out of the gate is AJ Styles. AJ Styles. I love AJ Styles. I've been following his career for a long time. He actually went all the way to the top, right? He he was a WWE champion at some point, correct? Yeah, he had a very meteoric rise when he came in. He debuted at the Royal Rumble 2016 to a huge pop from the crowd. I didn't really expect it. I was watching that, and I knew he was a free agent. He was going to go somewhere. He was in Japan wrestling, in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he was part of a huge, successful faction, popular faction called the Bullet Club. I guess you could say leaders of that faction. But he came over, signed with WWE, made his debut at the Rumble, and man, he's been on fire since then. He still is on fire today. He's part of the heel group, the OC, but he's a fan favorite, so I mean, some people boo him. But today's day and age, there's a lot of gray area. It's almost like UFC fighters where people have their favorites and people don't, you know? Right. So some of the classic heel face thing, there's gray areas, but they still have that classic heel face tactics. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles, one of those guys. What would you say his personality is? Oh, man, he's determined, quick in the ring, technical, 
the guy is just oozing with personality. He's got the it factor, that's for sure. Yeah, now we're just looking over some of the car titles. Like one of his car titles is the phenomenal one. <laughs> is that yep. a title he's given himself or is somebody else called it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh he was called the phenomenal one, you know, P one AJ Styles. And then the other cards too, like the face that runs the place. When he beat John Cena and John Cena kind of disappeared for a little bit, he was giving himself the moniker, the face that runs the place or the champ that runs the camp. So that's great. Uh, those are, yeah, classic lines from AJ Styles after he won the title. Just for people who don't follow wrestling out there, a good guy in wrestling is a face and a villain is a heel. So the face that runs this place has a little extra meaning. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. And the great thing was is at that time he was kind of uh, heelish too. So the fact that he was saying the face that runs <laughs> the place was even better. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, what would you say his style, the styles his style is, if you had to classify him as a type of wrestler? Uh, high flying, high energy, lightning quick. Lightning so the quick. bolt, the bolt cost is perfect for him. Cool. Okay, cool. And his finishing moves, I've heard there was like the, the styles clash and the phenomenal forearm. Could you talk a little bit about yep. those? Yeah, the Styles Clash, very cool move. It's almost like he's going to get him in a pile driver, but then he hooks the opponent's arms with his legs. Ooh, wow. So the opponent's upside down like that, and then he falls flat. <laughs> Drives their face and body into the mat. Exactly. <laughs> to give you a little bit of background on that, as pro wrestlers, we're always taught to tuck our chin. Mm -hmm. Tuck your chin, keep your shoulders straight when you bump the mat. So some people in Japan, even in the Indies, like would kind of resort to that. So there's been a couple of moves that were botched, which uh, botched means like messed up. And uh, some people have gotten hurt from that move and they were talking about banning it because of how dangerous it has been. But he's still been using it. It's a great lethal finisher. I love it. And I haven't seen one of those moves done wrong in a long time. So yeah, a lot of the timing is key on that move. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything in the cards that you think that text-wise that you think, hey, this kind of matches what, what he's got going on in the ring? Yeah, and the one that I was drawn to was the phenomenal one. While you have less life than your opponent, each of your active AJ-style superstar dice get plus three attack. Ooh, yeah, that could be nasty, man. Yeah, that's, you know, when AJ Styles gets down on the mat and he's battling from underneath, which means battling from underneath means you're pretty much getting whooped around the ring you right. know, and you're uh, trying to come up <laughs> he's got that second gear man when he turns it on it's pretty much over so that one less life than your opponent so he's getting tired he's getting beat up but you know he thrives on that right he gets stronger and quicker as the match goes on because it was just insane cardio that's awesome so yeah that's that's one to keep an eye out the phenomenal one it's a five cost bolt he's the five cost and he's probably worth that extra little bit of energy because there's a lot of cool cards in here i was thinking like this one will pair really well with a card later so kind of take a snapshot and keep it in the back of your mind because there's a lot of kind of one hit wonder finishing move type of cards in here and that one might pair real well with some of the stuff down the line yeah if you were to say like AJ Styles arch nemesis, who who would it be? Him and Cena. Mm -hmm. They were really good rivals at a time. Right now, he's kind of just feuding with a little bit of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. So, yeah, it's just uh, the OC trying to run the place, and uh, you know they get thwarted by other people. Like he was up against Ricochet, Roman Reigns at one time. Him and Roman Reigns were had a feud going. But his greatest nemesis was John Cena. Okay, cool. All right, good to know. When you, when you're matching up the cards, you don't probably want them on the same side of the mat, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Luke, and you want to? Oh, sure. The next one is Oscar, three cost mask. Who is she? Where does she debut? Oh man, Oscar is she's amazing. She is one of the toughest and hardest hitting women's wrestlers in the world. 
She also came from Japan, the Joshi style wrestling. Joshi style is more uh, like strong style wrestling, which is a lot of stiff hits, stiff kicks, yeah. uh, martial art wise, stuff like that. So a little bit more hard hitting style. And that's who she is. She was undefeated for 914 days in the WWE. Wow. wow. So yeah, she came to NXT. She won the uh, NXT title, was never defeated in NXT. She had to get shoulder surgery. So she gave up the NXT title and came up to the main roster, which is Raw and SmackDown. And for 914 days, she was undefeated. She ended up losing to Charlotte at WrestleMania 34 to end that undefeated streak. Just to fill in our listeners a little bit, NXT is what, like the kind of the minor leagues for the it's, WWE? And yeah, the it's kind of, ground? yeah, it's their developmental brand okay. where they go down there, hone their skills and stuff. But now NXT is looked at as a third brand. Like I'd rather watch NXT shows than Raw and SmackDown personally because of the action and the story builds and everything. The cars are great. So let's, let's talk Asuka. Who's, who's her rivals? Mm-hmm. Would you say? I mean, uh, there's probably a handful, right? Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, Becky Lynch mm-hmm. right now, they're going at it. Right. So her and Becky Lynch are, when this comes out, they're faced <laughs> off at the Rumble. Right. Uh, so they're going at it for the title at the Royal Rumble. And what's funny is she's tag champs right now, too, with Kyrie Sane, another Joshi wrestler. So she could be a double champion as of. You know, she the, could. When yeah. By the time this podcast hits. <laughs> <laughs> and what's her finishing move and all that kind of stuff? I mean, I've noticed she's got a couple um, of things. The one's called the, what, the Asuka Lock. Tell us about that one. Yeah. Yep, the Oscar lock is a submission maneuver where she pretty much locks your arms into place and you pretty much can't move. <laughs> she does a couple another variation too where she kind of has like a choke on her too. And I read somewhere about something about green mist. Tell us what the green mist is yes. all about. So um, I don't know if you remember the the Great Muda. Yeah. The Great yep. Muda was a uh, Japanese wrestler, just legend. Mm-hmm, from back in the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did the mist, so that's she's just <laughs> you know taking up the mantle and spraying that green mist. Tajiri did it, too, when Tajiri was in the WWF. That's awesome. But, yeah, she's got, like, the face paint on where she's got, like, green around her eyes, green around her mouth, and it's dripping off her eyes and mouth, which looks really cool. <laughs> but yeah, she can blind you with that mist at any time. And she teamed with Miz, right, at some point in time? Am I wrong about that yeah she did what was it the uh uh man when they did like the mixed tag challenge so it was like one guy one girl and they would team and there was turning i think like eight teams so it was called like the mixed tag championship or something like that right i I, I love that she's a mask because she comes to the ring wearing a kabuki mask Mm, perfect yeah would you consider a face a heel or some kind of weird blend in between um right now she's a heel Pretty much anybody going up against Becky Lynch is an automatic heel because Becky Lynch is so over with the crowd. Right. But yeah, Asuka right now, she's one of my favorites. Like, I love her, whether she's a heel or a face, just because of her style. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, in terms so. of actual card text here, she's also very, very good here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any of these cards jump out yeah. to you as like this represents her well? Oh, man. Almost all of them, really. Okay. I really like the Intimidate. No one is ready. Yeah. Because she is intimidating. Uh, when she's fielded, target opposing sidekick gets plus one attack. So that I thought was weird, but it's kind of thematic because when she's in the ring, uh, her opponents look so much better in the ring with her. Yeah. Like she makes her opponents better for going up against her. That's really pretty cool. And also it could help her get knocked out to bring her back and do the gig again, you know? Yes, exactly. Yeah. The one we were talking about that got spoiled at Worlds, uh, or at Nationals, I think it was. Empress. The Empress of Tomorrow, which <laughs> yes. everyone's been talking about. I mean, it's insane. Josh, well, yep. you have that in front of you? You want to read that one? It's just... I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Empress of Tomorrow, while Asuka is active, your mask superstar costs two less to purchase to a minimum of one. Yeah. And whenever you feel the mask superstar die, each of your active Asuka superstar dies get plus one, plus one. Whew, wow. You know, hello, mask yeah, team, right? <laughs> exactly. That's nasty. That's yeah. insane. I can't wait to play with that. That's probably my favorite Asuka card. I mean, it's really rare that you find something that is a discounting card and is also a beat stick by the time it's over. So, boy, is that a yeah. good card. It's I, got it all. I hate to take this out of universe but i mean if you paired that with doppelganger and the jubilee that when she attacks she does one damage for all the other bulk characters who are also attacking you get all yes. those doppelgangers out there you can buy them all in one turn for four masks with asuka Ugh, yeah. and then you could field them soon <laughs> after crazy. and it would be as if you get them all out there they each feed off of each other, so it'd be more than 20 damage. Yeah, and, and the other one that, <laughs> yeah. you know, if for those who love Resurrection and or Atlas, the last one, the future, is really good, too. Lucan, you want to read that one? Oh, sure. It says, when fielded, name a non-sidekick superstar die and draw a die from your bag. If you draw the name die, field it at level 3. Otherwise, add it to your use pile. So that means, you know, after you do your bag reset and you buy something, it's going into the field at level three which or, is pretty nasty or what you could do That's is crazy. you could you could play yawning portal field a few of your things but not asuka yeah buy your whatever you are excited to buy then field asuka and get it out this turn yeah nasty. because yawning portal puts it straight into the bag for cheaper and yeah. you get it out level three at no, no less you know? yeah. it's like so good so good i mean that was that one yeah that one's a little more subtle but really powerful too man right i think all these cards like just sum up asuka yeah like, there's not one kind of like aj styles where the one was like yeah that's aj styles like all three of these are like <laughs> perfect for her the empress of tomorrow when i first saw that all i could think of was running golden age like with multiple man and just yeah. getting nuts oh yeah so crazy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. crazy so many you know i also thought of that uh guy from uh turtles the mask that was so oh triceraton no he doesn't he when he's fielded he does three damage to everybody and he's got uh yeah, oh, tiger claw. i think that's tiger claw tiger claw tiger claw that's yeah it. there you yeah. go tiger Thank claws you. we really good with this with this card yeah. too man Anyway, Definitely. this reminds me in some weird way of like the old Black Widows that were so good in the day. There's like, I, you want to play them all, and yeah. you can only play one. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. And so let's move on now to the person who you were talking about was her arch nemesis, Becky Lynch. Yes. Also so good. Yeah. What's the background on Becky Lynch for all the unknowing out there? Oh, man. She has risen to fame so quickly in the past couple of years. She's one of the greatest women wrestlers, I would say, of all time right now. Mm -hmm. She was with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Those three were the first women ever to main event a WrestleMania last year. Wow. Becky Lynch ended up winning both the Raw women's title and the SmackDown women's title, and she was the only woman to ever hold two major titles at one time in the WWF wow. or WWE I should say not WWF <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but um yeah she came from NXT too she came up through there she was pretty solid down there she came up to the main roster she was you know still solid kind of got lost in the shovel but then when she started making her rise it all clicked one time she was in a wild brawl in the ring before Survivor Series and Nia Jax caught her with a stiff right busted her nose open mm. she had a broken nose and she was Blood on her face. After all was said and done, Becky Lynch is in the crowd. The crowd's going just nuts for her, popping the crowd huge. She's got blood on her face. And ever since then, <laughs> it has been game over. <laughs> so she's been the man. Oh. And that's what she dubbed herself. And uh, oddly enough, there's a card called The Man. So that's awesome. Yeah. You want to talk a little bit about that card? It's uh, super good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is very thematic with Becky Lynch, The Man. 
When Becky Lynch attacks, you may choose an unpurchased, non-continuous basic action die and roll it. If it shows an action face, you may use the effect immediately mm. and then return the die to its card. So she can come back from the grave like that. Bang, you know? Yeah. And of course, exactly. it's got that old Rip Hunter's chalkboard global on it, too, which is, you oh know, my goodness. you pay a shield, the first die you buy this turn goes right to your prep area. So. And she has monstrous stats. Yeah, Those look and read the stats. Monsters. They're serious. Oh, 155, 177. 288 and she can be as cheap as a four cost yeah the four cost that's unheard of is called straight fire and it's got overcrush and that global on it with those stats so watch out right (laughs) before we get on to the last one which i think is like probably the most anticipated one does becky lynch have any like really well-known super moves or finishers or anything of that sort yeah she's got the uh submission move the disarmor (laughs) which she spells disarm her which is awesome yeah Yeah, it's just an arm lock she gets right on top you straddles the shoulder and just wrenches back on that arm (laughs) yeah it's a pretty nasty looking move just yeah. beat your opponent in a submission, which kind of it goes well with some of these uh, stats and stuff. Yeah, I guess it's Ban Intai Aser in Homai. She's from Ireland for real. She grew up in Limerick. Yep. What, what's the other one called? Like the four leg clover? Is that like a figure four leg lock that she throws on people sometimes as well? Or what's that? Yeah, she used to do that. She did that more in the Indies and in the NXT. And okay. then uh, she ended up adopting the Disarmor. <laughs> and uh, that's been her go to ever since. All right. Well, speaking of Ireland, her last card is. Maiden Ireland. Not as in made in, as in... <laughs> as an Iron Maiden. <laughs> yeah, as an Iron Maiden. I like it. All right. Tell us about this last Maiden Ireland, nasty card. Tell us about this one if you can. Yeah, Maiden Ireland. It's got overcrush, so you're using those beefy stats still. But the ability text went field. Reroll up to two target superstar dice. Each die that does not roll a superstar face goes to the used pile. Mm. And then Becky Lynch deals one damage to your opponent for each die sent to the used in this way. Yeah. So that's nasty yeah, with so overcrush on top of it. You. Yeah, because you just get rid of the couple of that are, have big defense and then you stomp on in. Wow. A little bit of storm yeah, action exactly. and plus jockboard, plus those stats. Plus the gravy damage, you know? Yeah, plus the gravy damage because she she's going to get you to 20 pretty quick and that little gravy damage can be the extra little change you need for the win, right? I know. Well, I mean, 8 plus 8 would be 16 if you fuel her twice. You get lucky with Yikes. your rerolls. That's 4 damage. Ugh, and yeah. mass out very nicely to 20. <laughs> and it seems like she feuds right. with everybody in the women's scene there and the WWE. Oh, yeah. Right? So I kind of like that she's the man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. She's had great feuds with Charlotte Flair, with Ada, Ronda Rousey, pretty much everybody. She just, yeah, goes around, just throws her weight around and says, no one's better than me. Right. Beats you into submission, kind of like her abilities. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and she's uh, always been a face, right? So far. Yeah, she's always been a face. She's never really been a heel at all. Even like in NXT, she's always been a fan favorite. Does she have any kind of catchphrases or one lines that stand out in your mind? The man is like one of them. And, right. you know, she used to say straight fire a lot all the time. But once she adapted <laughs> the man moniker, that's pretty much it. She's like when the man rolls around, kind of quoting Johnny Cash a lot too, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's like, you know, you're not going to be the same once the man comes around and you got hell to pay. <laughs> love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it too, man. And that it's fits great. with Dice Masters, right? When she shows up on the table, your opponent's going to take <laughs> notice, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have to just tap out now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, now we're going to move on to another great character. This is from my era. Yeah. Good old Bobby Heenan. Now, you know, Bobby yes. Heenan was a master when I was watching wrestling. He kind of really understood the old phrase, you know, you got to sour the audience to sweeten the purse. 
I mean, you know, he yeah. would come into town and just insult the town. Like, I remember one time when they were in New Jersey, he was with Gorilla Monsoon, and he said something like, you know, parts unknown usually means downtown Newark, you know, and the crowd boo-booed like crazy, <laughs> stuff like that, <laughs> yep. you know, quotes like that, like a friend in need is a pest. You know, he was just a, a really sharp-witted, funny, he really played the role of being the, the hateable guy so well. Oh, he was great. Yeah, I mean, some of the wrestlers people might recognize for that he was he was a manager mostly but also an announcer but king kong bundy and andre the giant were in his stable for a period of time yeah the heenan family the heenan family right so yep. these cards are all two cost masks and they're all good you want to just go down the list and, and well, was first have i forgotten anything about heenan well, well i'm just reminiscing here <laughs> about just he, he really was fun to watch i think yeah he was he was the greatest manager ever his one-liners were the best and like even his segments like his little vignettes and stuff like <laughs> he always had this ability to use his movements and some of his facial expressions to tell a story he <laughs> yeah. did not say anything and he could just tell a whole story <laughs> that's how great he was yeah, yeah. And what he did he had those lines like you know are there any swamps in oklahoma Yes, there is. It's called yeah. Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the crowd would boo. You know? <laughs> yeah, the crowd would just eat them. Eat them alive. We already spoiled one of these cards. Stephen Armada Cookus was on our show for episode four of this season, and we spoiled the weasel version of this card and wrote an article about its ability and related issues. So if you're interested, you can check out the show notes or the Rolling Thunder website for that. But let's talk about the other cards here. We we got the brain. The brain, I think, is going to be see a lot of play. You want to talk about that one a little bit? Yeah, the brain. When field target level three superstar can't be blocked. Oh, wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah, especially <laughs> with ridiculous. tag out, right? When we get yeah, to tag out, yeah. we should remember this card because it's nasty. Yeah, and very thematic because, you know, Bobby Heenan always made his guys look better and just unbeatable, you know? Yeah. Especially like Andre. Yeah, exactly. It's a little extra little chair hook from outside of the ring to help the guy get through for the win, right? Oh, yeah. yeah throw, him some, <laughs> throw him some salt salt in the eyes so you can't see the character come through unblocked. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, this thing I think is going to work really well. We've got all kinds of new KO mechanics to cycle things around. I mean, these cards a little bit remind me in spirit of, remember the old MJ, the rare MJ from, from Spider-Man? From Spider-Man? Yes. These kind of have the same feeling, like they work well, that card gave the other cards overcrush this does something similar but you, the trick with it is the timing so you've got to kind of cycle it around a lot i was thinking that new nile or global would pair really well with these cards because most of them Ooh, have a win yeah, ability you know? and uh it seems like WizKids has the intent of kind of cycling magic missile out of the legal card pool because in the last couple sets we got wand which is a nerf version of magic missile and in this one we have paul Heyman, who is another nerf version of magic missile but what i'm beginning to realize is just you don't need five bolts to be able to KO a lot of things you want to KO. I mean, Bobby Heenan on one of his faces only has one defense. Gazer on two of his faces only has one defense. Right. So you could so, use that or you could use Nile or Global. Either of them, you, you could get them cycling, it, right? Exactly. But Nile or you can only do once per turn, which is I don't know. Maybe <laughs> so, I'm just being extremely greedy. <laughs> well, one of the things I love about the titles of these cards, too, is he loved to call himself the brain. He liked to, liked to think he was the smartest oh, yeah. person in the room, right? Yep. But everybody else called him the weasel, which he hated. You know, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
The Weasel is great too. You want to talk a little bit about that, Josh? I mean, like I said, we wrote that article, but it's a really good card. Yeah, yeah. This is probably one of the best cards in set, in yeah. my opinion. The Weasel, when fielded until end of turn, for each die your opponent assigns to block, they lose one life per Bobby Heenan die fielded this turn. Right. So if you field two of them, Oof. use that Doom Lance. Yeah. I'm just thinking outside the box here, man. It's wow. You get nasty. Yep, yep. And it's not a cost. We we've gone into this. We went very deep into deep, very deep into discussion. the deal tail. So you can do this, and it's not forcing a cost. It's just it's nasty. Right. So yeah, yeah. Watch out for that. And it's Louisa. a two cost. And it's a two cost, and it encourages aggression, <laughs> just like Bobby Heated. Right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, it does. Part of the debate that's going on in the Dice Masters community about WWE because. A lot of these cards are undeniably extremely strong, but they're saying like, oh, well, you know, Blink Transmutation or a Static Field is just a hard counter to a lot of these teams. But I think when the meta becomes more combat damage oriented, you'll see less Static Field, but it'll be much more powerful. So it, it kind of balances out with the way it is now, because if the powerful thing is combat damage, most people won't be running Static Field. It's interesting. So yeah. you have a good chance if you go to a major event and just don't prepare for Static Field, if you get lucky, you won't see it at all. And then the last one, speaking of a good manager, is superior brain power. Josh, you want to dive into that guy? Yeah. One field that's been all, not one, not two, but all of your superstar dice to level three. That's ridiculous. Yeah, just that's the manager I want, man. Managing my team. Oh, yeah. He's managing all my superstars, getting them big, getting them over with the crowd. Yep. There it is. Level three. I'm just going to come at you. Yep. As he said, I'm a legend in this sport. If you don't believe me, ask me. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to a guy who has a couple of the major feuds. He was so loved, I think, that they put him in the set twice. <laughs> and the first, this is ah, a, yeah. the inset one. This is the first one. Brett Hitman Hart. Background for the folks who, I, he's from my time as well with the Hart Foundation, but just for everybody else out there who doesn't know about Brett Hart and Owen Hart, for that matter, that tragic story. Oh, I know. Fill in the listeners on that. Yeah, he's a legend, man. He's the best technical wrestler to ever grace the ring. There was no one like him. He was just like butter, man. <laughs> just watching him, everything seemed so seamless. He prided himself on never injuring anyone in the ring that worked with him. Right. You know, he's a member of the legendary Hart family. And, you know, you got Davey Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, came from there. Owen Hart, you know, Jim the Anvil Nightheart, mm-hmm. Natalia, Stu Hart, the legendary Stu Hart when they were running Calgary Stampede Wrestling up in Calgary, Canada. They had the dungeon. That's where everyone trained. And the dungeon was where it made or broke you down there. Like you'd be <laughs> twisted and turned so many ways from Sunday. You wouldn't even know where to see straight. And if you could survive that, you could survive the ring pretty much. So yeah. Shout out to Jordo and his Calgary crew, you know? <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, he's just amazing. Everything he did in the ring just made sense. It had a purpose. You know, he made the guys across from him look like a million bucks and in turn made himself look like a million bucks. And one thing he's, famous for too and it's the infamous montreal screw job incident if uh, oh tell us about that none of you have ever heard of that it was an actual shoot and a shoot means it's actually happening so there's shoot and then there's work these terms for wrestling a work means that it's planned it's scripted a shoot means that it's happening it's real wow so his contract was up he was probably going to wcw he didn't like the way things were going in wwe mm-hmm. they were wrestling in montreal at the Survivor Series, he was going up against Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. And leading up to that, 
he didn't want to lose the belt in Canada. He was like, hey, I'll come lose it on Raw or I'll give it up on Raw or something like that. Right. Well, at that time, it was the Monday Night Wars, you know, WCW versus Raw, the ratings war right. of the late 90s. So that was going on. So Vince McMahon, <clears throat> a little bit of ego that he has, <laughs> didn't want to take the chance on Bret Hart leaving with the belt. So he screwed him over. There was a part in the match where Shawn Michaels had Bret Hart in his own move, the sharpshooter. Ooh. They were supposed to reverse it and go to the finish. Well, while he was in it, Vince McMahon came out and he told the ref to ring the bell. The bell rang. They were getting out of the move and all hell broke loose. Wow. And then after that, Bret Hart spit on McMahon in front of everyone. He trashed the side of the ring, threw monitors around the infamous WCW letters he wrote in the air. Wow. It was just a mess. You can just Google that, look it up. There was a uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode that was on the TV show, and they awesome. do the whole thing on it. That seems so, really yeah. interesting. He ended okay. up losing the belt? Did he end up losing yeah, the belt? Yeah, he lost the belt, right? The whole yeah, time. yeah. they gave the belt to Shawn Michaels that night. Was that Shawn Michaels' first time as a champion, do you remember? No, that wasn't his first championship win. Because was they he, were feuding before was, that, right? Yeah, yeah, but this was the most famous one. I take it he was a heel then, even before he had this sketchy business going on. No, I it. think Bret Hart was has been a face and no, a no, heel. No, 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 not Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels was a, oh, was Shawn, a heel. Yeah. yeah, Shawn Michaels was a heel. At that time, too, it was kind of funny because, like, Bret Hart was a face in Canada, but he was kind of a heel in the States. Interesting, yeah. And vice versa for Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah, a little north-south feud going on there. Well, there's yeah, a lot to unpack. Yeah, exactly. let's, let's back up real quick just for everybody who doesn't know. There was basically a feud between, for a while, WWF that became WWE was the king of the wrestling scene. And then in the early 90s, I think Ted Turner came in with WCW, correct? Yep, yes. And then they competed, I guess, up until like 2000, right? And then I think WCW went under and WWE yeah. actually bought them. Am I getting that all straight? Yes. Okay. Just trying yeah, to... Yeah, you are. Yeah, WWE bought them, and then the last Nitro, Shane McMahon came out, and then the storyline said that he bought WCW underneath from Vince's feet. So uh, okay. But yeah, they uh, went out of business, and Vince McMahon just bought them out. Okay. And the other thing we should talk about a little bit is the finishing move. You mentioned the sharpshooter. That's like a figure four leg lock that he had, right? That's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, it's almost like a figure four get one leg in between the other guy's legs and then you flip them over uh, and you cross his legs so that one leg is pressuring the kneecap and you're just wrenching back on his uh, lower back area so it's just painful super nasty well let's talk and that, and that was Shawn michaels or hitman hearts that was brett hearts uh, that was brett hearts that's yeah. a hitman sharpshooter yep. yeah that was his thing so let's talk about the cards a little bit yeah. of the three are there any of these three that come from the set at least i mean the campaign box are any of the ones that are in the campaign box particularly thematic, in your opinion? I think the best there was. When mm. Brett Hitman heart attacks, he can only be blocked by two or more superstars. Yeah. When he was on the offensive, it was really hard for the guy that was on the defensive <laughs> to come back, you know. Yeah. So the being only blocked by two or more superstars, it kind of makes sense because of how technical he was. Yep. And when he was on the offensive, he couldn't be stopped. Like, he was just so good, so smooth. And this is part of his bravado, right? The best there is, the best there was, the best. Yep there ever will be i think yeah the cards. That, when i saw that i popped i was i loved it i was like oh that's great that's perfect thank you thank you whiskets for doing that yeah and the best there is is five costs with overcrush so not not too right. shabby right you know it gets a little bit overshadowed oh, within set because becky lynch is also a yeah. five cost and she has an overcrush and she has that like global and she has better stats and she has wind riders ability <laughs> but you know it's still cool <laughs> right it's still good if you're drafting this thing it's probably one to keep your eye out for for sure yeah even his other card too the best there ever will be is another great card too yeah that one has when he attacks with no other attackers it gets plus two plus two 
you know, I really yeah. like how they've cleaned up the language here. You know, that used to be that leave me alone rule that you had to apply, but here they've really spelled it out. It says, you know, when yeah, one I of like your Brett Hitman heart dice attacks with no other attackers, so it's really clear. It can only be one die, you know, where in the past mm-hmm. that was always a little bit muddy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm just thinking you get him unblockable with that. That could hurt. Yeah, he can get big. <laughs> that was a thing that we used to do in the Guardians of the Galaxy draft with Agent Venom because he had a very similar ability. But you could use that in set with, uh, who was it that let you go through unblocked? Madam Web. No, but it, then you wouldn't be attacking alone. I think you just field Yondu. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just field Yondu, blow out most of their field, and then attack with him and knock out whatever they had left. Or but Dimension, set, Dimension Door always works. With or that, or Dimension know. Door, too. But in this set, you've got, oh, that's what we do. You do Cosmic Cube Uncommon with Dimension Door, and then flood your bag with Dimension Doors, and then use those to make Agent Venom unblockable. Yeah. But in this set, you could use Bobby Heenan to make Brett Hitman Heart unblockable and attack with one of those alone. Yeah. He's going to go through for seven. He'd actually be, ironically, yeah. a good pairing, you know? And we should talk Tag Out because yeah, we, we, Tag Out from, from the keywords page says after blockers are declared, you may prep this die from the field zone to give target character plus 2A and plus 2D until end of turn. So we haven't had any Tag Out characters yet. But when they come around, remember that Brett Hart with Overcrush. Shall we go on to Charlotte Flair? Uh, woo! <laughs> woo! Right. <laughs> you can't talk about Charlotte Flair without talking about Rick a little bit, right? Uh, oh my gosh, no, you can't. So what's a little background on her? Charlotte Flair, she's a multiple champ. She was NXT Women's Champion for a, a while. She came up to the main roster and just completely owned the women's division in the main roster. Um, about the time she came up to the main roster... She was, I believe, the first women's champion because at the time it was called the Divas Championship. Okay. So they had the WWE Divas Championship and then they had the whole women's movement where, you know, they started looking at it more like athletes. Um, I'm not trying to say anything bad about like WWE, but at that time, women weren't really getting a lot of time in the ring. They were getting like two, three minute matches, some segments, but. You know, they weren't given the time they should have because they were amazing athletes. Right. So when Charlotte and like Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks and like all of them came up from NXT, they rebranded the Divas Championship and called it the WWE Women's Title. Cool. And uh, she was one of the first to win that. And she is one of the best athletes. I, I personally don't like her too much, but I have <laughs> huge respect for her work in the ring. It's just the way she moves around the ring and commands the ring and some of the stuff she does. She does a top rope moonsault to the outside that is just insane. Oof, right. Yeah, watching some of these women, the athletic moves they're making is really impressive. You oh, know? it's crazy. It's crazy what they're doing. It reminds yeah. me of that Jesse the Body Ventura quote that Lucan was talking about, ballet with violence, you know? Is yeah, <laughs> exactly. So is she a healer face? Oh, man, she's, she's a tweener. A lot of people don't like her she's kind of a heel she's a natural heel to me right because which means she she plays (laughs) yeah because of her dad you know just a natural heel but right now she's kind of like in that between area she's kind of a face but she acts like a heel (laughs) so it's kind of like if you like her you like her if you don't she's a heel and her finishers besides the moon thing off the top i mean she's got what the the figure eight leg lock right which sounds awesome yeah (laughs) tell us about that one (laughs) so rick flair was uh famous for the figure four that Mm -hmm. was one of his finishers once he wrapped you up in that it was game over well charlotte does the same thing but since she's so tall and so thin she bridges up with her arms so she's locks you in the figure four and then she bridges herself up <sighs> using her hands yeah. so that she's arching her back and putting more pressure on that kneecap in those leg areas and just once you're in that there's no way you can get out yeah. tap out instantly so that's the figure eight right <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome. exactly 
All right. Well, let's talk about the cars a little bit. Any of those ones leap off the page at you in terms of like, this is the one that, that, that captures Charlotte Flair for me. Yeah, I think the genetically superior athlete, <laughs> while Charlotte Flair is active, when an opposing sidekick is fielded, she deals one damage to your opponent. Yeah. So I like the sidekick hate there, but very thematic with her because, you know, when she's in the ring. And if she's going up against someone else that's not as superior to her, she's going to deal that damage to her. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> yep. You know, it's, it's pretty much done at that point. Yep. The queen is always a solid card, too. It's one of, something you've seen a lot in Dice Masters, but there's always a good card in draft, which is while Charlotte Flair is active, your sidekicks get plus one, plus one. Always good, you know? So mm-hmm. keep your eye out for that. Yeah. Moving on to, I know this guy was after my time, but... Whenever I mention his name, people who like wrestling get very excited, and he's got some great cards, yes. and that's Eddie Guerrero. Uh, can you give us give me the lowdown on him? He strikes me as another one of these kind of cruiserweight guys that that yes. got their chance. And but but tell me a little bit of a background on him. Yeah, he comes from the line of the Guerrero family. The Guerreros just have a legendary wrestling history in Mexico and in the states. Ultimo Guerrero, Chavo, Chavo Senior. You know, he comes from a lineage of wrestlers, great wrestlers. He came up and, you know, he was in ECW for a little bit, Extreme Championship Wrestling, which later on we got Paul Heyman in this set. He was the owner of ECW. He had an amazing match that's still talked to about to this day as one of the greatest matches ever with Dean Malenko. That's where he made his name for himself up here in the States. And he went to WCW. He was part of the legendary uh, luchas that came to WCW. And then when he hit WWE, he was in a stable with Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Perry Saturn. I think they were called the Radicals. Okay. They came up and pretty much like, you know, nobody can stop us. Nobody can wrestle like us. And he was right. Nobody could wrestle with those dudes. Those guys were in a league of their own. Eddie Guerrero was probably the best superstar in WWE to grace the ring. Interesting. A lot of people talk about like the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. He is almost always on it on wow. someone's list. And he, he was like incredible with the mic work as well, right? So, Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He was insane with the mic work. He was, it's hard to talk about him because of how he was on the mic. Right. You know, it's, he could tell a story. He could lure you in. And then he could just, you know, give you all these emotions, you know, that just was unheard of. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, who's on your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers? <laughs> Mine? <laughs> oh, man. I got Undertaker up there, Eddie Guerrero. I got to put Ric Flair up there too. And uh, the fourth one's always wavering because there's so many great wrestlers out there, you know. But I'd have to put up there um, Macho Man. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say that. Macho you, Man would be on mine. You know, I had the great pleasure of when I was reviewing for this episode of watching some of the Eddie Guerrero matches. And even though he reminded me, like, the way he won a lot of his early, like, intercontinental title belts, it reminded me of the way Macho Man won. You know, it's like the same yeah. kind of little cheaty, little backhanded, he gets the belt, you know, yep. a totally unfair, the crowd's going nuts, you know. And yeah. somehow he's so charming in some way that people love him even though he's a heel, you know. Oh, yeah, he is. He had a way with everybody. Everyone loved him. Yeah. And even the locker room, like, everyone said that, you know, everyone loved Eddie Guerrero. My favorite thing he ever did, and I thought it was the greatest thing ever, is the ref's back is turned. Eddie Guerrero has a chair. He hits the chair on the ring to make a noise, and then he throws it to his opponent. His opponent catches it. Eddie Guerrero hits the ground like he just got hit by the chair, just <laughs> overselling a chair shot. Referee turns around, sees the chair in his opponent's hands, and disqualifies his opponent. Eddie Guerrero just looks at the camera and winks and smiles. It's the greatest thing ever. That's great. And, of course. But that's one of his best moves ever. Oh, that's great. And, of course, his cards are I Lie. I cheat, 
I steal. You know, <laughs> perfect, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. That was his uh, mantra, and that was part of his intro music too when he came out. These are all great. Steal. And what was these his finishing move? Oh, the frog splash. Yeah, all right. Tell us about that. Uh, if you just go to the top, opponents on the ring, and uh, frog splashes, you jump from the top, and you kind of do a double clutch with your body. Uh-huh. So, you know how a frog leaps? They kind of bring their arms in, their legs up, yep. and then they stretch back out, and that's the frog splash. Oh, and he awesome. was the master at that. All right. Well, let's talk yeah. about the cards. I'm, 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 excited. I, I'm yes. really excited for these ones. Yeah. First one is I Lie. Oh, man. I Lie. It's a, it's a great card, man. If Eddie Guerrero was KO'd by a sidekick, return to KO, die to the field zone at level three at the end of turn. Yep. Yep. So that's thematic in the turns. Like, you can't get rid of him, man. He's coming back. <laughs> no, you can't. Exactly. You thought you KO'd him? Nope. I lied. I'm back in the field. I cheated. <laughs> yep. And speaking of cheating. So you think you got him knocked out, but you don't. Speaking of cheating. The second card is I Cheat, and it's got Tag Out on it. It's the first one we've seen with Tag Out. So a two-cost with Tag Out is really good. So And really gosh. quickly, just for our listeners, Tag Out says, After blockers are declared, you may prep this die from the field zone to give target superstar plus two, plus two, until the end of turn. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are going to be useful with Tag Out. And it's going to take a little practice to get it up and running for, I think, everybody. But uh, I'm excited to try it. Eddie Guerrero is actually the only two-cost in this entire game with Tag Out. So... That kind of makes it the biggest problem with this card that you can't use all of them at once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of which, because you want you want to use the one that makes it so your, your opponent can't blink, right? With the one that makes it so that one dude's going to be extra strong, you know. And the one that can't blink is I steal, right? Josh, you want to jump into that one a little bit? I, that's Lucan's favorite, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I steal. Yeah. When Eddie Guerrero attacks, move all energy dice from your opponent's reserve pool to their used file. <laughs> Who's <Obi>? <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> No blinking back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, fields. I, I was before Waterdeep. I was all hyping up Istrid Horn. Like, oh, Istrid Horn, she's gonna change the game. You're never gonna use anybody else. She's gonna be on every team. Well, every one of my teams, at least, not everybody's teams. But now Eddie Guerrero just kind of made that obsolete. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's even better because he's one attacks. Well, it depends fielded. if you need bolts or fist. I mean, he's bolt, so yeah, they're both they're both good cards. But yeah, uh, exactly. All right, so that's Eddie Guerrero. Before we move on from him, I know he got in some feuds with like people like Jericho. Is there anybody else who who he really feuded with? And- yeah, he feuded with JBL, John Bradshaw Layfield for a while. He was in a feud with him, feuded with his brother Chavo, Rob Van Dam. He had a great feud with Chris Benoit. Him and Chris Benoit had just amazing matches and then uh one of his most classic feuds too was with ray mysterio ah right that's that's cool tell us a little bit about he's not in the set but mysterio always intrigued me Uh, he's got that really cool spinny move what what was it called the one he got oh yeah the 619 (laughs) yeah yeah it's pretty much he uh (laughs) flings his body through the middle ropes and kicks the opponent in the face and the uh the actual term for that move is a tiger fate kick (laughs) that's great cool yeah and and i gotta throw out a couple of quotes here too because like uh, eddie guerrero had a great couple of great ones like one of them was if you're not cheating you're not trying (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and you know And then Jericho had the I am the Ayatollah of rock and roll. You know? Yeah, the Ayatollah and rock and roll. Uh, you know, I love the win. Never again. <laughs> anyway, well, that's awesome. So everybody out there, keep your eye out for these cards. Uh, you will definitely see them. And if you're in draft, they're super strong. Out of draft, they're super strong. They're strong all the way around. 
Which brings us on to another super, superstar, multiple-time champion, John Cena. Can you tell us a little bit about the background? He's a little after my time. Yeah, John Cena, he was pretty much the Hulk Hogan of the um, Ruthless Aggression era into the PG era, like, you know, different eras in WWE. Mm -hmm. So, like, from the early 2000s to just a few years ago, he ran WWE. He was the guy to beat. He was the man. He was the Hulk Hogan. Kids looked up to him. You know, all the kids wanted to be him. He was the clean-cut, all-American, athletic guy. The face of the faces, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep, the face of the faces. The, the actual face that ran the place. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome thing about him when he came up, when he started, Kurt Angle issued an open challenge, and John Cena answered it. And it was before, like, he was the doctor of thugonomics. It was before, like, all his other monikers. He was pretty relatively new coming out of FCW, which was Florida Championship Wrestling, which was the pre-NXT ah, okay. to NXT. So that's where everyone honed their skills, like Brock Lesnar, Batista, Randy Orton. They were all down there at one time. Got it. Okay, uh, right. Cena was one of them. So when Cena answered this open challenge, he pretty much just slapped Kurt Angle in the face. <laughs> and then they, uh, they proceeded to have a tear-down match. It was just great. They tore the roof off the place. Kurt Angle won, but, man, Cena was made after that. And in the backstage area, Undertaker went up to Cena, shook his hand on uh, live TV, and said, not bad, kid. Awesome. Yeah, they strapped the rocket to him. In the art here, <laughs> he's throwing around AJ Styles, I think, because I see the P1 on the pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that happen, too? <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they're they they're obviously rivals, right? The Cena and, and AJ, and he's probably rivals with just about everybody, right? Or Oh, yeah. Uh, he had huge rivalries with him. Like I said, Kurt Angle was one of them. Undertaker, Triple H. Mm -hmm. There's not really anyone that he hasn't feuded with. You know, current days, like Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, like I said. Roman Reigns, I think, at one time, too, for a little bit. Got it. Seth Rollins, so... Yeah, he's pretty much feuded with everybody. And what's his style? What's he known for in the ring? He's got that Hulk Hogan style, which is get the crowd on his side. He's quick. He's powerful. Very, very powerful. So um, the fist energy cost is perfect because he's strong, man. He's, the guy bench is like legitimately 700 pounds. Wow. Or not 700, a squat 700 pounds. He benches like 400, 450. Wow. The guy's insane. Right. What's his finisher? Yeah. I think it's called the attitude adjustment, right? What, what, yeah, what is it's that? called the attitude adjustment. <laughs> Pretty much a Death Valley driver, which is you get him up on your shoulders, and then you just push the opponent's legs up in the air and then drop him on his back. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about the cards real quick. Is there any of these three that, that jump out to you? Is like, yeah, this, this captured kind of the, the spirit of John Cena. Almost all of them, actually. I like the C-Nation leader, and it's got Intimidate, which he is intimidating. Mm -hmm. It's while John Cena is active, your superstar dice cannot be targeted by Intimidate. Yeah, boy, say, see you later, so, Geezer, right? Geezer. Yeah, that <laughs> yellow, yellow ring. Yeah. Yellow but, ring and Geezer. Um, you want to protect yeah. your god catchers and make your opponents suffer? Yeah, John, that's a <laughs> that's is. a card to pair with with Godcatcher for sure, right? So that's cool. Yeah, and with that, it's just you know very thematic. Like he is intimidating. He is the C Nation leader. He was the face of WWE for multiple multiple years. Just multiple time champion. He's one short of breaking Ric Flair's championship record of was it sixteen seventeen yeah. championships? Wow. Okay. So Cena's like one short of that. So yeah, there's the intimidation factor. And then if you're on John Cena's side. You can't be targeted by Intimidate because you got Cena backing you up. Right. 
That's great. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do something they had to do with like unblocking because because you, you can't see them. So uh-huh. I'm surprised they didn't put like a blank card because <laughs> you can't see John Cena. Well, here it is. There there is one called You Can't See Me, and it does have some unblockable exactly. aspects. It. it says when John Cena attacks, you may deal one damage to target non sidekick superstar die. If that damage KOs the targeted superstar die, this die cannot be blocked this turn. So there, there is a little kind of unblockable is. thing going on there, which is kind of cool, you know? It, it, it requires them to have some weenies on the board, but could right. be done, right? Maybe Eddie or somebody, you know, who's got uh, yeah. low defense. But then they got the champ is here is the final one with call out, which seems appropriate, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Considering what you, the story you first told about him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, when he was United States champion for a time, he always issued an open challenge. Okay, cool. <laughs> Well, the next we're going to get into was somebody who I know was on your wrestling show once before, and that is Kurt yes. Angle. So he, he's an interesting guy. Give us the background on Kurt. Uh, Kurt Angle, he's an amazing athlete. He's an actual Olympic gold medalist, and he won that Olympic gold medal in wrestling with a broken neck. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That, yeah, that's amazing. That's in and of itself is just insane. Yeah. And then he went to WWE, and a lot of people like praised him for how quickly he picked it up. Mm-hmm. Everything, like from the philosophy to the movements to the moves, he just was a natural at it. And man, back when he debuted and when he was doing his bits with Stone Cold Steve Austin and stuff, I never laughed any harder than that. <laughs> Tell us about the those bits. Was, what, what, what was the gig? <laughs> <laughs> well, Stone Cold, he was always known for the beer drinking redneck Texan, you know? Right. So Stone Cold always be on the corners like getting beers thrown to him he's smashing beers and drinking them <laughs> slamming them down well kurt angle would do that but he'd do it with milk <laughs> right. so he would get milk from uh one of the guys at the side of the ring and he'd do that with milk and it was just amazing yeah, and one great. of the most memorable moments is steve austin bringing a beer truck down to the ring and spraying everybody with beer from it well kurt angle did that and as you can guess it was a milk truck oh, and he sprayed yeah. everybody with milk so he's a face through and through, right? He was, yeah. At the time, he was a heel for a little bit, but most of the time, he was a face. Right. You remember, um, was it what Bob Backlund back in the day? I think. Was oh it, yeah, he, yeah. Bob he, Backlund was. Yeah. Yeah. He reminds me. Of, I mean, I'm, I'm not in terms of just just in terms of like, hey, here's another guy who came out of real wrestling with uh, you know medals and all that kind of stuff and was a technician. Is, is Kurt as much of a technician as, as say Bob was in the day? Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely a technician. Very solid mat wrestler, as you can tell. Yeah. yeah. His finishing move was the ankle lock, right? Can you can you talk yep. a little bit about that? Yeah, the ankle lock. He would just grab your ankle, lock it in with his arm, and then just twist it with his <laughs> other hand and just wrench on that ankle. And then he also had the Olympic slam, too. What was that like? He would just go up behind the opponent, get an arm down by the opponent's knee, grab the other arm of the opponent, and just kind of do almost like a back suplex with them. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Nasty. Yeah, and his cards are yeah. intensity, integrity, and intelligence. So <laughs> <laughs> Yes, the three eyes. That was his motto. The three eyes. Intensity, integrity, intelligence. And all three of the cards have a global on it. Lucan, you want to read that? Oh out? yeah, it's very, very cool global. It's pay two shields, target superstar die gains tag out. Of these three cards, any of them like will say, hey, that's Kurt Angle. I mean, I know you you actually have met him a couple times or so. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. So I like uh, integrity here, Kurt Angle, superstar dice can't be targeted by your opponent's globals or actions because can't be targeted he's hard to lock down because of his technical mat prowess and he's a one four four two five seven two six eight so you know he's got Ooh. some big stats again so yeah coming through exactly yeah but when i'm looking at all of his abilities before i was like all these thematically fit kurt angle very well 
you know, especially the intelligence one too. Yeah, and intensity's not bad either. When fielded, no, not at each all. player KOs all of their superstar dice except one. You cannot field any superstar dice this turn. So, I mean, what you could do is you could field them all before you field them and just get them back next turn. Yeah, or you can, you know, there's there's hijinks to be had with that card. That seems like a Johnny card. So keep your eye on that. Brewers, jump in because there's a lot of ways to bring guys back these days. You know. Problem is you can't refill them. Any of yeah. Them. Oh well. Maybe. Well, maybe with, any, with maybe with like a green devil mask or something. Yeah, where they get back. returned or yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. They say return, not field. Well, oh, green yeah. devil mask won't work because that has to happen on your opponent's turn. There, maybe so. there are way to field them on your opponent's. There's turn. some trickery in here. We haven't figured it out yet, but there's something. Nick Wally, have at it, my man. <laughs> 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 All right, but what you were talking about intelligence, why don't you uh, talk about that card a little bit? Oh, uh, each Kurt Angle die can block up to two superstar dice. Okay, yeah. I mean, even if those beefy defensive stats, too, he can take up the two uh, character dice. All right. Well, let's move on to a card from my own heart, who I you know, had a chance to meet <laughs> Savage back in the day, who was originally, we're going to talk about the Macho Man, Randy Savage. He was from a family of wrestlers uh, from the, the Poffos. I remember if you remember uh, Leaping Lanny Poffo from the day, he was yes, actually, genius. yeah, he was Randy's brother, but his cards are what, the cream of the crop, oh yeah, and Macho Madness, <laughs> right? So <laughs> yep. why don't you give us a little background on the Macho Man, if you, if you would, Josh? He's on yeah. your Mount Rushmore, after all. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Man, he was the high flyer before the high flyers in the WWF. Mm-hmm. He had amazing rivalries with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I'll yeah. never forget that Intercontinental yeah. title match. Yeah. One of the best matches I've ever seen. So good. Yeah, the guy oozed personality. He was the it factor. Mm-hmm. You got guys who are like, oh, man, he's got it. They got it. Macho Man was it. He <laughs> defined what that was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he was too hot to handle and too cold to hold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So good, so good. So, His stuff with yeah. me, Gene Okerlund was always so funny. <laughs> always, always so funny. Dig it. <laughs> I could listen to him cut promos for hours and yeah. hours, man, and never get tired of that it. That was he probably was just... the best stuff. And he was a great wrestler in the ring, but you know, watch those promos. Oh, yeah. It was just priceless, right? Right. <laughs> exactly. They're priceless. His actions, his movements, his just facial expressions, so everything insane. is just so good. It's so good. <laughs> And he was, you know, he was a, like, you know, probably a little smaller than a lot of these other guys. He was probably more of a cruiserweight originally, you know. So yeah, I think some of the yeah. cards kind of reflect, they're all kind of rampy cards. You know, and Macho always moved fast. He was kind of cat quick, all that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, exactly. the, the abilities kind of, I think, mirror that aspect of him. The cream of the crop is, well, Macho Man Randy Savage is active. Once during your clear and draw step, you may send a sidekick die you've drawn to your use pile and draw a new die. Not great, but a little ramp inset, right? Right. Reminds um, me of Rip Hunter. Yeah, a little bit. Yep, exactly. Macho Madness. While Macho Man Randy Savage is active, whenever you draw and roll any number of dice outside your clear and draw step, draw and roll one extra die. So it's a little bit of like the spot, the uncommon spot. But since the spot yeah. was an errata, this one works like the true way that spot used to work. I no, think, right? they, they, no they, they, they specified, they, it? They okay. specified it in the text. So it yeah, works like, like that. The, I mean, they were clear about it, which is cool too. And the last one, ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Uh, well, Macho Man Randy Savage is active. Players draw an extra die during their clear and draw step. Now, that sounds like it would be helping your opponent as much as you, but there's a new nebula coming up that will pair really well 
well with his card. So mm-hmm. Exactly. I meant to mention, we're putting links in the show notes to all this stuff. So if you want to go and watch some of this stuff or see some of the old Macho Man promos, just check the show notes at... RollingThunder.xyz forward slash show nine for season two, episode nine, no apostrophe, no G. <laughs> right. You'll find everything. Links <laughs> to Bodie's podcast and everything in there. So follow along with us at that spot. All right. Let's move on to one of your favorites, Josh. Mankind. Tell us all about yeah, it. Man. Mankind. Oh, man, this is true after my own heart because I am a huge mark for Mankind and Cactus Jack and Mick Foley, Dude Love, the three faces of Foley, Mrs. Foley's baby boy. Like, oh. it's like, I, I can't even talk about it because when I wrestled, he was the guy I studied, mm-hmm. his, his movements, his derangement. Like he enjoyed pain. He had no pain threshold. And I love that. That's what drew me about him. And that's why I made myself who I was. It was an extension of myself. And, it was just like, this is the guy I want to be like. This guy's nuts. <laughs> Has no pain. He'll do the moves that people are like, uh, no, I don't want to do that. I'd be the first one and be like, yeah, I'll do it. And I'll even take a step further. <laughs> so was he was he friends with his with his hand glove? Was that a thing that he did? or? Yeah, the mandible claw. <laughs> he had that, and then he had the stump pile driver, which is uh, the pile driver. You, you get the guy up, you hold his waist for a second, then you drop down. Well, the stump pile driver, he would grab you by the tights and just drive you into the mat. <laughs> and um, he did that, too. So he had that and the mandible claw. And the guy had one of the most famous Hell in a Cell matches with The Undertaker. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, you might have heard about this match where he, the only person to get thrown off the top of the cell through a table. Yeah. So he did that. He dislocated his shoulder. And then with the dislocated shoulder, he climbed, he was leaving the ring. They were going to take him to the back. He climbs back up the cell to go face the taker on top of the cell. They're battling up there. They do a choke slam spot on the cell and the cell breaks. And that was not supposed to happen. One of the panels from the cell on top gives way fully falls all the way down to the ring a chair hits him in the face gives him a concussion fractures an orbital bone and the camera pans to him and mankind's got a smile on his face and a tooth is sticking out his nose so and he he finished the match he ended up getting choke slammed and tombstone on the thumbtacks in that match and he finished the match the guy is a legend like All right. I couldn't imagine doing. I couldn't imagine doing that. Oh, well, the that, hardcore legend. That is a. That is as yeah. hardcore as hardcore gets, man. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And he had so many great hardcore matches, even before WWE. He was a deathmatch champion in Japan, like a legendary wow. deathmatch champion. Him and Terry Funk were out there, but yeah, like the guy has got no pain threshold, <laughs> and I've met him couple uh months ago over the summer and oh man i can't say enough to how nice this guy is oh that's great yeah like i met him and told him like everything like dude you're you know a legend you're my my favorite talent ever and he gave everyone as much time as possible to them that's... he wanted to meet all his fans he had all the time in the world for them and i commend him for that oh yeah did he ever wrestle again after he got done in by the undertaker or... oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah he wrestled for years more <laughs> he wrestled up until I don't even know what his last match was, but it was the early, like, I want to say 2013, around there, 2014, right. maybe. Oh, that's great. Well, speaking of the yeah. hardcore legend, that's a great card. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Because it seems like it might fit his theme in some ways here, you know? Yeah. While Mankind is active, whenever your opponent preps one or more dice from outside their clear and draw step, you may prep a die from your bag. Yeah, so... So he's matching your opponent, which is very thematic to him. Like, he's... 
always step and step with his opponent and he's always coming back for more yeah it's it's awesome it is and then the deranged is another one like that or, so well right. first on more on the hardcore legend it also means that you can put as much ramp globals on your team as you want and then every time you use it you get the ramp and then every time your opponent uses it you also get the ramp yeah so you get twice as much <laughs> yeah, that's, so that's going to like keep your opponent going to ramp like crazy and, and it only costs three and thematically is, that might be great too because you're going to start burning yourself that way and uh, i guess he, he's a yeah. man well he is a may you don't have to but still that you probably would want to because he feels no pain right <laughs> <laughs> and he's, exactly. he's hard to remove he's got seven defense so like yeah for three yeah yeah he's hard to get rid of his stats are zero one four zero two six and one two seven so he's got zero two low... five zero two five oh, zero it. two five yeah okay sorry yeah so there's great stats low fielding costs on the four cost, the deranged, each of your mankind superstar dice get plus one A for each of your sidekicks in the field. So keep that one in mind with a car we got coming up. He could get big in a hurry, you know? <laughs> well, and also since oh, that's yeah. a since that's a static buff, that means that you can flip him with like a Bizarro, and that means that his A will be seven plus however many sidekicks. That buff is not going onto the defense when you flip. That's staying on the true A. That's true. That's a static buff. That's true. Yeah. So he nasty. can get up to, to like twelve pretty easily. No, oh, yeah. At least ten very easily. Yeah, so. he'd be one of those ones you want to send through for the win and with another oh, yeah. with another tag out or something because he his other card does have tag out miss and what and what's the background be, behind Mrs. Foley's baby boy? What's what's the what's the story behind that? <laughs> <laughs> He's uh that was just like part of his when he first came to WWE as Mankind. You cut all these creepy promos down in the boiler room and <laughs> talk about like how deranged he was, like kind of cast out, and he was he'd be pulling his own hair out while cutting these promos, <laughs> and he would like drop it in front of the camera and stuff, and he'd just be rocking back and forth, sitting down, and he'd always say, you know, Mrs. Foley's baby boy, you know, this and that. Like I never got the attention I wanted. I would eat worms in front of people, and people would make fun of me, and it was just it was great. Oh, and then when he finally won the title on Raw. Jim Ross, good old JR, one of the mm-hmm. best color men in the business. He said, Mrs. Foley's baby boy has done it. He's won the title and she can't be more proud. It was just one of the greatest moments yeah. ever. Yeah, talking about Jim Ross, you know, it sounds like mankind had slobber knocker after slobber knocker of a match, right? So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When he got tossed off the top of the cell with the Undertaker, JR had one of the best one liners ever. He's like, By God, he killed him. He killed him. He's dead. <laughs> oh, he's so great. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, moving on to another legend, another one of your Mount Rushmore faces. And he's not a face oh, by yes. any stretch of the imagination. That's Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, he's woo! from my he, woo, he's from my day. And he had one of these quotes that I still love. He said, Space Mountain may be the oldest ride in the park, but it has the longest line, right? Because Ric Flair was always a little <laughs> bit older than all the other guys, but he yep. still got in the ring and fights. So uh, tell us about Rick. He, he the nature well, boy. It's actually kind of sad because Space Mountain doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> hey, well, again, I'm taking the quote uh, from yes. back when it did. <laughs> yep, the ring wearing, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. <laughs> yep, that was one of his best lines ever. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. He comes from a long tradition of this like gorgeous George kind of sour the crowds, sweet oh, the yeah. purse kind of thing, you know. But uh, yeah, exactly. And he was the nature boy, and uh, <laughs> Buddy Rogers was the nature boy, nature boy Buddy Rogers, and he kind of took that moniker and kind of. Like Austin Idol was, and Buddy Rogers, like these flamboyant, just in your face kind of personalities. And that was Ric Flair. And yeah. 
Ric Flair, he's known as the dirtiest player in the game. Which <laughs> refs back his turn, he'll low blow you, he'll thumb you in the eye, he'll throw salt <laughs> in your eyes, he'll do whatever he takes right, to right. win. <laughs> so you talk about personality and promos and stuff, and Ric Flair had that in spades. Yep. You couldn't out-talk him. The guy was legendary for his after-hours partying and stuff like that, and that was his character. Well, that character came out of the ring and yeah. that's the lifestyle he lived with the four horsemen and everything like that. And people believed him. So he lived his character 24 seven. That's cool. So I have, before you continue, I have a few questions about how WWE characters get their names. How does the whole naming thing work? It's funny. Cause before like present day, some of them would be like, Hey, we got this gimmick laying around. What do you think about it? And that's kind of like an undertaker. It was Mark Callis, mean Mark Calloway, mean Mark Callis in the, uh, W and some of the indies, Texas scene. Well, WWE gave him a call, and Vince McMahon was like, Hey, is this the Undertaker? <laughs> and Undertaker's looking around, he's like, Yes, all right, we'll see you on Monday. <laughs> so, oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, Oh, okay, cool. So they would study this, they would go to the producers and stuff and see like kind of the ideas, just bounce ideas back and forth. You know, sometimes Vince McMahon would just be like, Hey, this is who you're going to be. And that was about it. <laughs> so, right. but nowadays it's like if you got a name on the indie scene and the different promotions that you pretty much keep your name. That's cool. When you come into the WWE and stuff. So it's just, it just depends. Like they have like names right around or they'll tell the guy, Hey, think of a new name and the rest will think of something that pertains to them or something that has to do with their background. Yeah. The nature boys. Uh, that's great that he picked up that one. And, and let's talk about yeah. his cards really quick. They, they've got a three-cost mask with Ric Flair must attack if able. That's the dirtiest player in the game. Probably not a great card at first blush. But or I think, at second blush right. either. Yeah, or yeah. At blush. <laughs> at any blush. But, you know, <laughs> the Nature Boy and woo have got some good things about him. So let's talk about those really quick. I love the Nature Boy. It's got deadly. And I love deadly. Mm-hmm. That keyword. If this superstar is KO'd at the end of the turn, KO target opposing superstar die that did not attack or block this turn. So yeah. he's removing. So now he's removing while he's attacking. He's removing someone else. Yeah, he's taking out two people, which it could probably is pretty exactly. good. Exactly. Like know. what? What you could Rick do? Flair chopping everybody. It's super cool because it's kind of a confusing mind game for your opponent because it happens at the end of the turn is when they're KO'd. Exactly. So if you can use an Eye Lord to KO them on your opponent's turn, then they don't know who you're gonna pick. So they would either just not attack with either of them and leave the choice to you where they have to attack with both of them, in which case yeah. you'll take some damage, but they're both going away. And also that works against Scarlet Witch, because if she's not there at the beginning of your turn, she's not doing anything. Yeah, good anti-Scarlet Witch so card. Yeah, solid. For sure. And, and he has Deadly yep. in addition to that. And his finishing nice. move was the figure exactly. four leg lock. We had talked about that earlier when we talked about Charlotte. Yep. So it's got that feel to it a little bit. Like, I'm going to lock you down and you're going to tap out one way or the other. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and woo! Let's talk about that one, because it's got some serious... Talk about aggressive card. It's got a global that uh, I think people should pay attention to. It's pay for target superstar guy gets plus four A. Pair that with that Bobby Heenan thing, and it's a possibility with an eight attacker. And you know, you put Yarnbjorn or something and you double the stats, it's a one turn kill. It is, you know, because eight plus eight plus four that's 20, my friend. If, <laughs> if Joe Vega is listening, I think I know what he's thinking. He's thinking, I can <laughs> I can use this with Hella with that beholder, and then I can give my oh, beholder yeah. plus four attack, and I can give Hella so that you get rid of your thing, and then I can send my beholder through for 10. Yeah, and I'm gonna tell you, Joe, don't do that. <laughs> 
Don't do that. <laughs> it is nature boy like though, right? And he's also got tag out, so that's a good card. A card yeah, that we'll see some play for sure. You know, if we're to the global alone. Now on to a new superstar, good old Rhonda. Let's talk about Rhonda a little bit here because she made her scene outside of wrestling, but has transferred it into the WWE nicely. I think. Yeah, yeah, she did. She picked up quick, and you know, she had a heck of a UFC career too. She was unbeaten for a long mm-hmm. time, and then unfortunately lost uh, to Holly Holm. But man, she, you know, one of the most talked about women athletes ever during her time in the UFC. Yeah. She is one of the baddest women on the planet too, because she can knock <laughs> you out with one punch and that's it. Yep. Lightning quick hands. She's just tough as nails. She picked up on WWE really quick. She was around for one year. She's taken some time off right now. But yeah, she was in the first ever main event wrestlemania women's match okay so cool. that was with charlotte and becky lynch you know a lot of people credit her to get more eyes on the product and to help and get more eyes on the women wrestlers when they main evented wrestlemania yeah for sure uh, which is true because you know she had that star power she brought the name along yeah for sure and i i haven't watched too much of her in the wrestling ring but it, it seems like she's teamed up with piper somehow is that right oh yeah she was nicknamed rowdy ronda rousey right and rowdy rowdy piper gave <laughs> her the okay Great. I was like, yeah, oh, that's definitely awesome. you can use it. That's cool. And her Rowdy has fast, which seems thematic given how fast she is, yep. as you mentioned, right? Exactly. Yeah, lightning quick hands. Yeah. Any other cards that you think make sense with her that kind of fit her themes? Got bad reputation yeah, and bad, the baddest yep, woman on the, that on bad the planet. Reputation. <laughs> yeah, when Ronda Rousey KOs an opposing superstar die, that dies controller loses one light. Yeah. Not bad. Four cost fist. <laughs> Well, let's jump on to Sasha Banks. What's the background on Sasha? I, I I really don't know anything about her, so I'd love to hear what the story is there. Sasha Banks. So there's the four horsewomen they were called. It was Charlotte Flair, Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. And they were nicknamed the four horsewomen of NXT. And all four of those came up to the main roster at the same time, pretty much. So she's in that group with them. Just so much talent. Sasha Banks is the boss. She calls herself the boss. And mm-hmm. she's small, but she's really quick, really fierce in the ring, too. Very technical. She looked up to Eddie Guerrero, so she uh, emulates some of Eddie Guerrero's moves. Got it. Interesting. And she's also two cost, two cost shield across the board. So all right, awesome. And her finisher was the neckbreaker pole, right? Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, she calls it the bank statement. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, she does this move. It's like the backstabber. It's called where she crosses your arms across your chest, kind of neck area, and then drops mm-hmm. down on her back. While your back hits her knees that are up, and then she flips you over into a submission move. Yeah. Sounds nasty. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like a cross face. Yeah, it is nasty. It's a really awesome finishing move. All right. Well, these cards are all solid, so let's talk them real quick. It's, it's boss time. That's that's the first one. While Sasha mm-hmm. Banks is active, your Super Sour Dice costs one less to field. So good economy, right? Yeah, definitely. Luke, you want to take the boss? Uh, sure. Once she's field, the next Super Star Die you purchase this turn costs two less. Yeah, she costs two and you're getting two less, but if you could find a good way to cycle her with like Yawning Portal and like Nihilor, and you could be easily getting high cost because she's going to make something cost three less with Yawning Portal because yeah. you field her, something becomes three less with Yawning Portal. If you feel another sidekick, that's four less. So you can get something very cheap with her, even though at first blush, yeah, the, the economy of it isn't superb, but it is a solid card. On the right team, that could be sneaky good, I think, right? Definitely. And how about the bank statement, Josh? You want to take that one? Yes, the bank statement. She's got Infiltrate, and when KO'd, you prep a die from your bag. Awesome. Yeah, as a two-cost shield, she'd be great on Infiltrate teams with that Super Rare Angela. Yep. 
And there's no downside to attacking with her, right? So No, not at all. Exactly. All right. And anytime you can KO her and prep a die from your bag if you need to, so using any KO or fabricating, get her to prep die, you can do that way. All right. So let's move on to a new superstar. He's well beyond my time, but Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> What's with the background on this guy? He looks, he looks intense in the picture we got going on. No, he is. He is intense. He's also uh, the king of strong style, he's called. He's uh came from japan he was in new japan pro wrestling he was one of the hardest strikers in the business and the guy he just oozes charisma uh, one of the most charismatic wrestlers around today in wwe he's the current intercontinental champion yeah and he's a former nxt world champion wow okay so he's up and coming for sure right oh yeah for sure yeah. his finishing move what is the kinshasa knee the kinshasa. yeah so that's one of the cards yeah. on here right which is when shinsuke nakamura attacks ko target opposing sidekick well maybe not great he's a three cost fist but it thins the field for all your other bruisers to come charging through right yeah exactly and it's kind of thematic when he attacks with that kinshasa knee strike you it's all over you, so you can't <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and then there's he's got a two cost he's a two cost a three cost and a four cost his two cost a two cost fist with some pretty good stats lucan can you read the stats real oh quick? well it's high field and cost at one two one one three two and one four two mm-hmm. but those are some solid yeah, attack one, four, stats two for, for a, a two cost for yeah. two cost is solid yeah, and his text is the artist. When fielded, you may KO a target sidekick, right? And then why don't you take the four cost, Josh? Sure. The uh, king of strong style. There we are. While Shinsuke Nakamura is active, whenever a superstar is KO'd, its controller loses one life. Ooh, okay, so it's double edged. Could be interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now, moving on to Triple H. Okay, so I know this guy is huge, and he's past my time, so give us the background on Triple H. Triple H was part of the clique, which was Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. He's the cerebral assassin. He was part of the legendary stable Degeneration X with Shawn Michaels, New Age Outlaws in China. X-Pac was in there, too. Now he is a chief executive officer with wwe and he runs nxt so wow. nxt is his thing interesting yeah one of the best wrestlers to ever grace the ring uh, he's been a face he's been a heel he just knows everything about the biz he knows where to be when to be and how everything should go so he has got one of the greatest minds in the business and triple h was a brute he could do anything hardcore technical anything was he good at the mic work as well oh yeah yeah he's great on the stick he just can talk <laughs> you into the building uh, you paid money to see him either kick some butt or get his butt kicked <laughs> great so uh, he can make you hate you or you can make you love him with just a simple couple of words yeah these cards are interesting let's dive into them and talk about how they kind of reflect his character so to speak yeah definitely the cerebral assassin so it says rare blob is pretty much his yeah. it's pretty much his text so yeah it's gonna um, play mind games with your opponent yep locking him down so super control six cost shield lucan can you read the that line yeah. Uh, yeah so he's a shield uh, he's got one five five two five six with the burst and two six seven with the burst yeah so you're not going to be able to get rid of him with some of the shenanigans we use to get rid of the blob as easily so he's more expensive but once he's out there boy it's going to be tough and less intimidate i suppose but anyway i um, mean and it's a lot easier to get six costs out these days so at first you might be saying well i mean it made sense when it was a four cost because you could get it out before they got whatever they were looking to get out in the field but with yawning portal and sasha banks and some of these other things that make things cheaper i mean he's not as strong but i don't think he won't see any play i think he'll see some play for sure and once blob gets rotated keep your eye on the cerebral assassin what's the next one pedigree which is fishing maneuver 
He's got Overcrush and the return of Cleave is back. Yeah, that's nasty to pair those two together, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I like that combo. Yeah, then for people out there who don't know, Cleave was only on one other card in Dice Masters. A half-orc barbarian. Yeah, yeah. Luke, can you mention read that out just so people oh, know Cleave, it, yeah. it says, if this superstar attacks and KOs a blocker, deal half damage rounded down to another target superstar die your opponent controls. So you're doing that, you're doing removal, you're doing Overcrush. Pretty nasty. He's seven-cost shield, but... That's at least an ability that's worth reaching for, right? It makes me kind of sad because exactly. Cleave was one of those abilities like, ha, it's only on one card in the game. Now it's not special anymore, so two cards. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the last one was the game. What's that one say? The game, while Triple H is active at the beginning of each player's turn, that player loses one life. Ooh, yeah. If your opponent has more life than you, they lose two life instead at the beginning of their turn. So that's only on the first clock. Phase, I like it, you know. That's yeah. <laughs> okay, and that's the, like last, that too. that's the last character in the campaign box but then we've got these basic actions and let's talk about the actions themselves because there's some really strong ones in here and who the people are on the cards and just to give a little background for folks who aren't wrestling fans first one i i I got is a moment of bliss yeah that's um alexa bliss she's a wrestler too very good she's multiple time champion as well she was the first ever two-time smackdown women's champ awesome and then the first to win both the raw and smackdown women's title She's only the second ever Triple Crown winner, which means she won two major titles and a tag title. The first being Bailey. Wow, okay, cool. But Moment of Bliss is actually like one of her sit-down talk segments. Kind of like Lucan's Lounge a little bit, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly like Lucan's Lounge. (laughs) All right. So this text reads, this turn you may remove block attackers from combat before damage is dealt. So that's going to be really interesting with a couple of cards in this set. Yeah, definitely. All right. Gives you a little bit of a moment of bliss. Yes, yes. Now the <laughs> next one is, speaking of another guy from my time, Booker T. Ringside Announcer. Ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yes. For this one. Josh, why don't you dive into this card? Because this is a good one. It's interesting. And then Luke and you can say your piece. <laughs> yeah, Booker T. He, I mean, just a little bit about him. He's amazing. Just a great announcer, great in-ring talent, mm-hmm. two-time Hall of Famer multiple world titles and everywhere he's gone every promotion he's always won a major title guy can talk to he's just funny hilarious guy he runs his own wrestling down in houston as far as the ability goes i love the ability i love the force block too. this one read this one out this one's so good yeah so all opposing superstars must block if able and you may declare blockers for your opponent assigning one per attacker until all attackers have been assigned a blocker and then assigning the rest as you choose That's crazy. With, with, he's an act, crazy. It's an action. Yeah. So, like, if you have a couple Godcatcher action dice sitting in the field, I mean, I don't mean to get too meta with it, but for a competitive, it would be a good idea just to play that instantly in your field, two Godcatcher tokens. As long as you had, before that, an equal amount of dice in the field as your opponent, you can assign blockers for them and make sure that both of your Godcatchers go through unblocked for 20 damage. Yeah, that's so nasty. If you have an Eddie Guerrero as one of the dice that attacked and was blocked, then they can't do anything with Blink Transmutation or anything of that sort. Yep. Yeah, it's just so, oh my god. Like, <laughs> And if that wasn't good enough on the action itself, there is a global on it as well, which is pay a shield... Target superstar must block this turn if able. So it's a a shield force block, which is new. So that's a card that we will see gone out, right? Oh, yeah. The next next one we got is Chair Smash. And who's the dude on the picture here? Do you know who this guy, the bearded guy is? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. On the front of that card is Thomas Ochampa. Okay, great. He's an NXT superstar. He's actually from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, cool. So he's your neck of the woods. All right, all right. Yep, exactly. Right now he's a face, but he's just amazing in the ring. He's great on the mic, too. Just a very 
Stone Cold esque, like just moniker where he's <laughs> all business, just you know, one thing he wants to do, and that's punish your opponent. Okay, and what's the text on that one? Do you have it? Yeah, mind? so it's continuous. So it stays out in your field. It, and then send this die to your use pile during your clear and draw step or when another folding chair is played. I'm assuming folding chair and chair smash is the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although technically for game purposes, if you field another chair smash, then that wouldn't force the first one away because it does say folding chair. <laughs> but, but we'll, we'll but, assume. Right. It, it'll, it's, this, is de- this is destined for an errata. So let's assume it's errata. Okay, so. Exactly. And then after that, whenever you could use a global ability, send this die to the use pile and deal three damage to target attacker or blocker. Okay. And then on the burst double burst, if the target is not KO'd, prep this die interesting so you could kind of use it a little bit like thrown brick almost like thrown brick yeah, yeah. shocking graspis kind of and you kind of want to do it as i look at it because the timing's weird because if it happens during the clear and draw step it kind of goes out and gets lost for a turn before it can right you know so you kind of want to use it like thrown brick so interesting yeah yeah it is it's pretty thematic too because you get a steel share in the ring and the ref sees it he's gonna throw it out <laughs> but if you could do it during the attack step there just hit your own chair there you and go. then toss it out of the ring <laughs> before he sees it. yeah exactly and <laughs> exactly. you gotta get the burst or double burst so you gotta get a little bit lucky you know i like it yeah, yeah exactly use it use it next time when the rust bag is turned. all right <laughs> so the next one going back in time to my day is jerry lawler's ringside announcer basic action yes. card. yeah tell me a little bit about the king and he's he's the one who's on here yeah the king man he was a great wrestler too very famous down south like memphis and you know tennessee areas during that deep south iwa deep south mid-south wrestling multiple champ wrestling wwf for a little bit uh, he had a great segment with andy coffin back in the day yeah one of the heights was popularity back then and now and still to this day he's a ringside announcer and he does have one of the best some of the best one-liners in the business him and jr jim ross used to be a great tandem yeah i bet yeah and just so people know it is in its own right, this is a card we're going to see. It's, it's insane. Card, yeah. Yeah. It's, yep. The text reads, oh, yeah. all blocked and blocking superstars deal double damage this turn. So it's a free-for-all steel cage match when you play this card. Everybody's going under. And and if that weren't big enough, it's got a global. Luke, and you want to read it out? Pay a fist. Target blocked or blocking superstar deals double damage. Use this ability only once per turn. Oof. We're talking exponential damage here. I mean, usually oh, in yeah. games, damage is additive. That's a good way to keep it in balance. When it becomes multiplicative, you end up with stuff like Bard. It's a bit out of hand. But this is exponential. Yeah, it's really Because it's, it's doubling it. So with it's like... Every pillar who likes overcrushes is keeping a close eye on this card. <laughs> 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 That's great. That was one of the notes I put down to was overcrush, please. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Okay, now earlier we talked about Sasha Banks. And now we got this basic action, Money in the Bank. What's the background of Money in the Bank? It's an event that I, that's after my time. I'd like to know what, what the history of that is. Yeah, Money in the Bank is a... It's actually a pay-per-view now okay the background it debuted at wrestlemania 21 mm-hmm. actually the brainchild of chris jericho he came up with this match so what the match is about is that there's ladders around the ring everywhere and there's a briefcase hanging above the ring <laughs> well the first one to win that briefcase and get it down from its hook ends up getting a future title shot oh uh, okay cool so that is the basis of the match and the match is chaotic the i match love is just, it yeah it's great to watch always non-stop action with these matches so it seems a little thematic read the ability because it's what you'd call aggressive ramp definitely so choose target attacker if that attacker damages the opponent this turn draw and roll three dice if the attacker is unblocked and would go to the used pile, prep them instead. Okay, so is that prep the guy or prep the dice? It's 
hard to tell. I, I believe it sounds the, like it's prep the three dice. I think yeah, so it says too. Prep them, yeah. not prep right. that. I the, could, or, well, I guess it would be prep them for the attacker too. Yeah, I think it's um, the dice too, but maybe we. I, can I get feel a like they'd say prep that. that die if they were talking about the attacker. Anyway, some aggro style of ramp to pair with an overcrusher sounds like a crazy fun card. Uh, all right, cool. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to Paul Heyman manager. Who's Paul and what's the background on him? Oh, man. Paul Heyman, um, like I said earlier, he's the owner, proprietor of ECW Extreme Championship Wrestling, uh-huh. which was the alternative to WCW and WWE back in the day. It was the hardcore-oriented extreme wrestling. And he, he was the owner of that. He was a manager, too. He managed Undertaker before he was the Undertaker. And Paul E. Dangerously was his name okay, great. when he was a manager. Okay, great. <laughs> so currently he's the executive director of Monday Night Raw, and he's the advocate slash manager for Brock Lesnar. Okay, cool. Luke, you want to read out the ability on that? Uh, yeah, sure. So he says, each player picks out one of their dice in the field zone. Those dice deal damage to each other equal to their cost. If any dice were KO'd, that dice controller loses one life. On the burst face, instead they lose two life. On the double burst face, instead they lose three life. Wow. And he also has a global pay bolt, deal one damage to target superstar, use this ability only once per turn. So you could use that as like a little bit of a nerf version of Nihilor for like gazers and Bobby Heenans if you don't want your opponents getting the full benefit. Yeah. Or a little removal, you know? Yep. And then we go on to Paige Manager. Paige is, what's what's the background on Paige? She used to be a wrestler. She was the youngest to win the Divas Championship at the time. She was the first ever inaugural NXT Women's Champ, too. She got signed on to WWE at the age of 18. Wow, okay. Yeah, she uh, was the manager of the Kabuki Warriors, which is Asuka and Kairi Sane. But unfortunately, she doesn't wrestle anymore due to neck injuries. Ah, uh, okay. So she had to kind of get forced into retirement. But she still works with WWE, and she hosts uh, WWE Backstage, which is like a talk show on Fox Sports 1 on Tuesday nights. And, and the card itself is crazy. It's a five-cost basic action. Each player may add one of their unpurchased dice to their bag. And on the double burst, your opponent's die is sent to their use pile instead. So I've got an idea for this card. Yeah, yeah. Of, you know, here comes <laughs> you, ten costs. Yeah, I got you, a couple too. <laughs> if you put it with Wild Magic, you can use it for cheaper, and then well, it would force burst. it would force your opponent's die straight to the use Wild pile. Wild Magic won't work as Wild Magic works with single burst. That's a double burst. But good thought. <laughs> well, if you are creative in your interpretation. On to Miz TV. So we talked a little bit about Miz, but maybe you could fill us in on that a little bit more. Yeah, Miz, uh, before he came to, into wrestling, he was actually on the real world uh, okay. <laughs> back in the day. Wow, okay. Um, well, 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 hold on a minute. Yeah. I just thought of a new way to use Paige. Oh, yeah? If you use it with the Uncommon oh. Morph, that works the same way. You could use this ability. You bring in one of your unpurchased dice. Yeah. Your opponent's goes to the use pile, and that yep. would be... Morph is a good morph call, is a good with, call this. with this one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm sorry. Back to Miz, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Miz is uh, he's one of the hottest talkers in the business right now, the guy. So he's just a great talker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his own TV show, too, Miz and Mrs. <laughs> so he's just a great, huge, big personality. And Miz TV is like his little talk show segment. So thematically, it works. If you look at the ability. Which is? Target a superstar die from each player's field zone and set them aside until the end of turn. Yeah. Then return them to play at their previous level. <laughs> so it's kind of thematic because you're taking two dice out of quote-unquote combat wrestling and they sit out this turn bringing him to lucan's lounge so to speak right <laughs> exactly yep exactly sitting him down having a one-on-one yeah. you know and his catchphrase is i'm awesome right or something like that yeah awesome yep i'm the miz and i'm awesome all right then the kevin yeah. owens show yeah this one's gonna see some play too 
it reminds me a little bit of the rare nowhere, but uh, it's now in basic yes. ashing form. It's swap a die in your use pile for one of your unpurchased dice that costs up to two more. And on the burst and double burst, draw and prep a die from your bag as if the first part wasn't good enough. So tell us a little bit about <laughs> Kevin Owens and what in his show. Yeah, this is another like little sit down talk segment. He doesn't do it too often, but he used to have it weekly. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like Ms. TV. It's like a sit down talk thing, but it was always, he would always be stirring up trouble. <laughs> he would always be antagonizing people and it would lead to somebody either fighting him or fighting someone else so right. he was always causing havoc like but it. kevin owens is a great wrestler he's one of my favorites right now he's i've been following his career since he was kevin steen and ring of honor and pro wrestling gorilla and stuff like that so he's one of the new batch of talents that is going to be talked about for years that's great well he's on his own basic action now and and that leads us to our last basic action Walk with Elias. I'm assuming that's Elias playing a guitar in the ring. Tell me the story behind that. Yep, that's him right there. He, he actually plays the guitar. He sings, and uh, he's actually a pretty good player. He came out with his own CD. Awesome. But it's funny because when he's a heel, he'll like in his songs, he'll just trash the town he's in. It's just great. So it's kind of that classic like honky tonk man, <laughs> right. Bobby Heenan, like right. kind of like that, like just you know getting cheap heat as we call it <laughs> uh, with the crowd, just running down the city and everything, talking about the filth that lives there. But right now, I believe he's a face. Uh, he's kind of like one of those in-between guys, but he's a fan favorite. And he's kind of got a crazy ability. Luke, can you want to read it out real quickly? Oh, yeah. Uh, secretly draw one, two, or three dice from your bag. If your opponent guesses the number of yeah. dice you drew, put them into a use pile. Otherwise, prep them. It's a three cost. Yeah. He also has a global. Pay a mask once per turn. On your turn, add two sidekick dice from your use pile to your prep area. Wow, so it's got a little bit of the new PXG on a basic action. So you'll see it for that. The other ability is kind of crazy and fun, but I, I doubt too many people are going to be buying that die. But who knows? If you want to have a kind of a wild free-for-all, why not, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good That'd for be some fun. inset ramp. All right, well, that's the end of the campaign box. Let's jump on real quick to the Bitter Rivals team pack. And first person right out of the gate is... Brett Hart again. Brett Hitman Hart. There's a second version of him in the team pack. We've already gone over his background, but is there any of these three that jump out to you? Yeah, that that Slammy Award winner. If Bret Hart is blocked, lose two life. That, wow, ouch. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> you got to get him unblockable then, you know? Like, I was looking at that, yeah. like, yikes. Like, why would you want to attack with him? Unless you have one of those cards that you need to be lower life to get the benefit for some other thing. So maybe right. he pairs with one card in here, but otherwise. I feel like it was supposed to be if he is blocked, your opponent loses two life. No, but, I think mm. it's one of these. They always put somebody <laughs> like this in here. That's the... This will be the right. joke card of the set, probably, right? So Yeah, I like the um, actually the Hitman, Intimidate. If you intimidate a sidekick with Bret Hart, Intimidate, prep a die. Yep. I yep. think the one that says Master of the Sharpshooter, that one's not bad, because you can use Booker T to get the force block on a die you want out of there and yep. send it to the use pile. It's not bad. That's not bad either, yeah. It's with five Booker T. No, not at all. <laughs> There's five, four, and five, so I'm not sure we're going to see much play with that one, but... Let's jump on to Kane. Yeah. Background with Kane. I'm, I'm assuming he goes with The Undertaker, right? Yeah, he's the big red machine. He uh, used to be, uh, I don't know if you remember that, Dr. Isaac Yankum. He used to be him. He also used to be the fake Diesel. Okay. But then he came repackaged <laughs> as Kane, and he made his debut against The Undertaker when he was facing, uh, I think it was Shawn Michaels in a Hell in a Cell. And Kane comes out, and he rips the cell door off. And just, like, <laughs> monstrous dude with this mask, long hair, just freaky-looking dude. Just intimidating. Definitely the epitome of intimidate. Great. And, of course, his six-cost version, he's a mask. Big Red Monster, of course, has intimidate. And not only has intimidate, but has call out as well, which is an interesting pairing. So that's a cool card, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. 
There's a couple other ones that aren't bad too. Either. Yeah, what, what you want to talk about those a little bit? Yeah, and yeah, you just called it out. Controlling Hellfire, he's got a tune, which is awesome to see on a superstar. Yep. While Kane is active, whenever an opposing superstar die is KO'd, deal one damage to another opposing yeah, superstar die. So chaos, and that's not hard to do. So wow, okay, no. good. And then the last one, Brothers of Destruction, <laughs> pairs well with one of your favorites, right? So why don't you talk about yes, that? Yes, exactly. So uh, while Undertaker is active, each of your active Kane superstar dice get plus three, plus three, and overcrush. Ouch. That's insane. Yeah, that's going to yeah, be good. You can get them they both were in a the field. Team too, so. Yeah. And yeah. his finisher was Chokeslam, right? So Yeah, he had the uh, Chokeslam and he did the uh, Tombstone. Tombstone too. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, keep your eye out. And and who would you say his, because this is bitter rivals, who would you say his bitter rival is? Undertaker. Undertaker. Okay. Yeah, so they, he had a huge rival with Undertaker and Mankind. and um, But for this team pack, it was the Undertaker. Got Interesting. Okay, great. Now we're moving on to some cards that I'm really excited about. Lita, right? So can you talk about these yeah. and what's her background? You talked about the four horsewomen. Where does she fit into the same yeah. picture? She was back in the Attitude Era, so late 90s. Okay. Mid to late 90s, she was predominantly featured. But she and Trish Stratus were like the two best women wrestlers back then, where sometimes some of the women they had talent there would be valets or managers and mm-hmm. kind of eye candy. Right. Well, these, like, there was another group that was like her and Molly Holly, a couple others too that were all great wrestlers. So they were like the batch of women wrestlers before the new batch came. So that's where they Got it. all stem from, you know, like Lita was amazing. She was a high flyer too. She was with the Hardy boys for a long time. She was a manager with them. So they were called team extreme. Okay, cool. And, and there's a three cost, a three cost and a four cost version of her. The three cost mm-hmm. is the first one exhilarating while Lita is active. When you feel the sidekick deal one damage to target superstar die. So not shabby. The second three cost team extreme. When Lita KOs an opposing superstar die, you may feel the sidekick from your use pile. Okay, not bad. But the four cost is bonkers. You want to talk about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah, fan favorite while active at the end of a roll and reroll step, you can spend any of your sidekick dice to the level one superstar face. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. so many hijinks to be had. Luke, and you got. Oh, yes. Uh, I had ideas with it, but there are the obvious ones like you could pair that with jubilee to get some big damage you could Mm -hmm. pair that with booker t to make it so that they can't block all your stuff and your god catchers go through Mm -hmm. you could use it with the mankind that gets the big buff for sidekicks yeah you could pair it (laughs) like any of the stuff that benefits from sidekicks or benefit sidekicks works really well with this card that batman one that gives plus two a to sidekicks comes to mind just using this with the techno global and iceman to ping your iceman like crazy there's so many things this card (laughs) yeah is gonna be yellow played. lantern ring with intimidate oh yeah i didn't even thought about that but yes well, right you could probably intimidate a whole field away you, with or, that. or how, with yawning portal young portal yeah. you can get your five cost or six cost yeah. for nothing you know so this is this card is bonkers with, i mean she's a four cost <laughs> and is. she has a tfc of three yeah so it's, it's so not it slows free, you down a little but bit but i think it it makes up for it in the long run yeah like, it's 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 a very powerful card we're gonna see that card no doubt right so all right. Now, here's another big name moving on. Shawn Michaels, yes. the Heartbreak Kid. So talk, tell us about Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels, another one that can be argued to be on the Mount Rushmore, too. Right. He was one of the best. He had the whole package, too. He was another one with the total it factor. He was part of the Rockers with him and Marty Jannetty. And then the infamous barbershop segment where he threw Marty Jannetty through glass window and <laughs> pretty much went on his own. And poor Marty Jannetty was kind of left and forgotten about while Shawn Michaels was winning championships and leading DX and 
becoming a Hall of Famer, and now right. he's a trainer down at NXT helping Triple H run it. Interesting. Okay. So he was just great to watch. Just is he is he a face fast, mostly or a heel? He was both. Like was both, yeah. he was a heel, and like even in backstage, like people hated him, like his <laughs> attitude and stuff like that. But as he matured and got a little older, it changed. But now he was he's been both. He's been a heel and a face, and you know he did great at both. And sweet chin music was his finisher, right? Can you describe that? Yep. Yeah, it's a uh, super kick. So he gets a trotting start a little bit he's in the corner and the guy gets up and you take a couple of steps and then super kick him right under the chin <laughs> all right all right and that uh, that's a five cost fist any of these cards that you think are particularly thematic to Shawn michaels um yeah blank the blank one the just blank one yeah. no just kidding <laughs> <laughs> he has uh, one of the blank no, cards like, the <laughs> right uh you can't read them uh no it's like uh, sweet chin music i think yeah so if one Shawn michaels superstar die is the only superstar die in your field zone mm-hmm. it gets plus three plus three okay interesting yeah to me that's uh, one of the better ones in thematic because if you know when he's in there he's on and he's gonna pop you with that sweet chin music so you might as well give him (laughs) that plus three plus three because nobody gets up after it yep drive him home okay cool well he you know unfortunately that won't work with tag out because he's got to be the only guy but uh well no it does work with tag out because you tag with him then you Ah. get rid of the dude with tag out and then he gets plus five that's interesting yeah you're right you can get rid of like five people with tag out oh yeah yeah because he's the only one in your yeah you're right that could be really cool you're right you just came up with a cool combo uh interesting anyway let's let's hold that thought because that's really good there's a lot of kind of like fun little combos like that in this. Oh, set, you know? speaking of cool combos, yeah. our next dude, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Cold Steve Austin. You've brought yeah. him up before a couple times. Give us the background on Stone Cold. Oh, man, he's uh, <laughs> legendary. Actually, you know what? I would probably throw him up on the Mount Rushmore too, man. Like it's yeah. just hard. It's hard to talk about that because you know you could throw the Rock up there, Stone Cold, Undertaker, yeah. Ric Flair, a lot of them. But Stone Cold, he was the Attitude Era. He was the guy everyone wanted to be. He was the beer drinking, hell raising, you know, Texas <laughs> rattlesnake. Right. Giving his boss the finger on TV and living out every man's dream, you know, <laughs> just, you know, giving it to the man at the time. And that was Stone Cold Steve Austin. He could talk you into the building, no nonsense, and just, you know, legitimately beat you down. Right. You know, stomp a mud hole in you. Right. His finishing move was the stunner. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Kick to the gut and then uh, grab you by the uh jaw area and drive you down and so that your neck jaw area is coming down on the shoulder while you're falling down on your uh, your seat yeah it's it's a great move oh well there's one card that i really like in here but what one jumps out to you that says though that that's stone cold i gotta go to austin 316 that's stone cold man Talk about uh, a card so full it, of hijinks. Yeah. Lucan, can you read out that text? Because it is insane. It's, sure. it's guy, Nick Wally is, is, is frothing at the mouth probably right now. <laughs> <laughs> if, if at least one Stone Cold Steve Austin Superstar Die attacks and isn't KO'd, at the end of your turn, return any of your attacking Superstar Dice that were KO'd to the field zone at the same level as one of your active Stone Cold Steve Austin Superstar Dice. This thing pairs so well with Tag Out. It it just they're all exactly. coming back. They're right? all coming back. You compare that with tag out, and you compare that with the Eddie Guerrero that makes it so that it removes all of the dice from your opponent's field zone, and then you run that with blink transmutation. So what happens is that you save a mask in your reserve pool. You attack with all your stuff. Wait for them to assign blockers. It really doesn't matter how they choose to do it. When you attack with Eddie Guerrero, all their stuff goes away, so they can't blink back the dude who's going through. You get rid of all your dudes with tag out, and then you give them all to the dude who is unblocked. And at the end of the turn, all these characters are KO'd. One of your dudes going through for like plus 10. And then they all come back. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And your opponent can't do anything about it. And you can make sure that your Stone Cold Steve Austin stays alive because you've got that mask in your reserve pool from Blink Transmutation or Static Field. And your opponent 
it's completely one side because you have Eddie Guerrero. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's so nasty. Yeah, it's really good. So, uh, and, and and it just sounds like you know that kind of lowdown, dirty Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin thing. It seems like really thematic, right? It is. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. And when he coined the term Austin three sixteen, I was there live at King of the Ring in Milwaukee in ninety six. Oh, wow. okay. So. I was there for the first ever birth of Austin 316, which you see on shirts to this day. Yeah, that's great. It's it's really funny. I lo- I love the Bionic Redneck as a car title too. So it's really it's yeah, uh, that's know. great. <laughs> I mean, he's he's a six call, so you get what you pay for. But mm-hmm. it's 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 still really solid and really fun. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. So, so speaking of another Got huge big management on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I just realized something about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know this isn't. We're no longer talking about him, but Tagout says prep the die, and Steve Austin brings back all the dice that were KO'd. So all the dice that go to the prep area with Tagout aren't KO'd, so they don't come back. Good catch. You know, when you first look at that card, you think Thunderbird Buffalo Soldier, but it's really more like invulnerability on legs. I'm convinced there's still hijinks to be had with this card, and if all else fails, you can always use it with the Booker T basic action and arrange the blockers to your liking. This card was meant to be paired with that action. Before we move on, real quick, Steve Austin, his nemesis, what do you think he was pairing with in in terms of bitter rival here? The Rock. The Rock. The Rock had, uh, yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about The Rock. Great, great rivals. Here we are. We're moving on to The Rock. So everyone knows Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. He's got a seven cost, a six cost, and a six cost, and he's got a crazy global on on all of them. So, Luke, why don't you hit the global first, and then we'll talk about the cards. Sure. So it's a pay one mask, sacrifice one of your superstar dice, reduce the cost of the next die you purchase by two generic. Okay, and everyone was saying that that doesn't work as well as blue eyes, and generally that's true, but with a swarm character or something, that could work really great. You don't want to put them to prep. You want to put them into used anyway. So that's something to use right, with. Exactly. What's your thought about The Rock and his wrestling history and, and what card kind of captures him the best? A lot of these do because, you know, the great one, he, he was the immortal one too, kind of like they would call him. You know, the mortal one was Hulk Hogan, but I like Know Your Role. Mm-hmm. You got Intimidate and you can use it twice when you feel them, which yeah. is insane. You know, yep. he, he's intimidating when he gets on the mic, man. He, As far as <laughs> yep. mic work goes, I have to say he probably is the best one to ever talk in the WWE, WWF. Interesting, yeah. And that's over like Macho Man and Hogan and Flair. Mm-hmm. That's tough company, right? Yeah. yeah, it is tough company and The Rock would just, because he is just so full of one-liners and he does everything <laughs> yep. ad-lib. You know, he doesn't script anything. He just talks. And yep. the guy's a talker. Can you smell what the rock is cooking, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this, this other one here is just a seven-cost Attitude Era icon. He's got Overcrush, and when he damages the opponent, deal the same amount of damage to all opposing superstar dice. That's like, mean, too, boy. Wow, it's, yeah. It's seven-cost. That's, that that's just a straight-up strong card. But play know? that with Asuka. He's not too hard to get to anymore, right? It's so, five-cost. Yeah. And his own global can help you get to him relatively easily. Right. You get Asuka out there, you sacrifice two characters with two masks, and boom, now he's a one-cost. Wow. With, <laughs> with that ability. Crazy. Yeah. so crazy. Because his stats, Lucan, are what? One five four one six six two seven six. Okay. So, like, they're in line with what a seven-cost would have. Yeah. And, yeah, you can get him for one pretty easily. I mean, it's going to cost you oh, three, yeah. including the price of the globals. But, like, not it's bad, still crazy. Yeah. All right, let's I move would, uh, on to... Even- I would even try and grab Paige as a basic action using the Thor global to get her cheaper yeah. and then use that for the rock to get that seven cost for nothing. Yeah, really good. That's another way I would do it, too. Yep, yep. There's so many fun little things to be brewed in the set, so I think people are going to really enjoy playing it. 
Let's move on to Trish Stratus. And you were mentioning that she was one of the earlier generations of female wrestlers. Let's talk about her, her yep. cards. And, and uh, she's got a global on it. She's got the pay a shield, prevent one damage to superstar die in the game. That's uh, similar to the Sam Wilson and the vibranium shield from a long time ago. Very useful against things yeah. like Iceman and Green Goliath. But again, what's her history and, and any of these cards that really leap out to you? She was a uh, bodybuilder at one time before. Like She was not huge either. She was just, you know. Great physique, great athletic prowess. She came in as a manager, and then when she started wrestling, like that's when she really started to shine, and she's one of the greatest women wrestlers around. Okay, great. Yeah, her and Lita had great matches together and great rivalry. Any of these ones jump out at you as like something that captures her theme? Yeah, I actually... Uh, couple of them do though more than a manager i like i like the name of that card because she yeah. was more than a, more than a manager yep but um when she damages your opponent you may pay two to purchase any basic action yep so you just gotta figure out and, how she can damage the opponent right yeah exactly and kind of like thematically a little bit like when she's damaging her opponent you know she's all action she's gonna follow up <laughs> yep. you know, and hurt you you know she's gonna keep just keep on you and you won't be able to catch up cool and you said you had another one that you thought was good thematically? Yeah, Stratisfaction Guaranteed. When <laughs> one of your Tristratus dice is unblocked and damages your opponent, roll that die. On a superstar face, prep that die. Yeah, she keeps coming. So right? she's just going to come back. Yeah, it keeps coming because that's how she worked. You know, she'd follow up every move with another move. Let's move on to one of your other big favorites. <laughs> the, the sometimes rival, sometimes friend of Kane. The Undertaker. So, yes, well, The Undertaker. <laughs> you've already given a little background on him. Any of these yeah. cards really kind of jump out to you and say, like, this is this character? Oh, man. I <laughs> I had to go with Managed by Paul Bear. Yeah. Because yeah. of the attune and, like, the Wasp-like ability. Uh, whenever any player uses an action die, Undertaker gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Right, right. So even if he's out there and your opponent's turn and they're using an action die, like thrown brick. He can get pretty big pretty quick. Oh, yeah. You know, if they're using like two or three thrown bricks in one turn, that's already plus three, plus three on Undertaker. Yeah, and he is a monster, He's right? He's got nine defense already. Like, yeah, with, huge guy. With Yikes. some Bizarro, yeah. it's not going to take much to turn that nine defense plus two for the ability that he has to turn that into like an 11 that's attack. Crazy. Yeah. Six defense. And the dead man is a six-cost shield who's got a mortal and call-out on him too. So that's not shabby that's either. I mean, his finisher no. moves were, what, the heart punch, tombstone, pile driver, and the last yeah, ride. What was the slam. What was the last ride? I love, love the title of that one. but I <laughs> <laughs> The last ride was a great power bomb. He used this when he came back as the American badass gimmick. Okay. After kind of the dead man gimmick. But he came he came out in the last ride as a power bomb, but then he would lift you up over his head and then power bomb you. Ooh, okay. So usually when a power bomb you got the guy up, the opponent's sitting on the guy's shoulders. Usually just throw him down for a power bomb. In this case, he would lift you up even higher above your his head and then throw you down and it was just straight to hell. Super nice. <laughs> straight to hell, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is fitting, right? For the character. Exactly. Let's jump on to the last team pack, tag team. Oh, not not to cut you off, but with the Undertaker, I think anytime he gets fielded, everyone has to go, "Oh my Undertaker," <laughs> as Paul Bear would say. <laughs> that's gonna be. Fun, I think that's yeah. gotta that's gotta be a requirement. <laughs> All right, shall we move on to the tag teams here? Because right out yes. of the gate, we've got a really good counter card in the set, and that's with Biggie. What's the background on Biggie? And let's talk shop with him. Sure, Biggie. He's part of the New Day. Been one of the best trios ever to grace the ring. 
they have charisma and spades, all three of them. They're funny. They're great with the crowd. They broke the record for consecutive Tay Team Champion days at over 400. I forgot what the actual number is, but Demolition held it earlier, and they broke Demolition's record by quite a few days. So, yeah, they are the longest reigning Tay Team Champions ever. The funniest thing, too, is that uh, they throw pancakes in the crowd. Because <laughs> pancake power. Don't ask me why. I don't know how it came to be, but it just happened one day and it stuck. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so, okay. So Biggie is the brute. Biggie is the enforcer. He's the big guy. This guy's huge. And who are the other members of this trio? Um, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston. Yeah, and they're both in the set, so that's great. So any of these three cards, I mean, one really jumps out to me, but any of the three that jump out to you in terms of capturing Biggie's spirit? Yeah, powerlifter's physique. Yeah. Uh, while Biggie is active, any combat damage to you that is more than two is reduced to two, right. which I love. I think it's great inset counter for big damage because while he's active, you know, he can take a beating and he's just huge. So if you take more than two damage, it's reduced to actually two, not by two, but two, two. Yeah, so that's going to be very useful in this set as we've already seen, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, well, now on to another tag team and I guess one of the major members of it. Let's talk Kevin Nash. Maybe you can give us the background in the NWO. Yeah, the NWO. They changed the face of wrestling. Even if you're not a huge wrestling fan, there's a good chance you heard of the New World Order and the NWO yeah. in wrestling. Yep. They, at the height of their popularity, could not be touched. It was Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, who used to be uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon, uh, respectively. This was before all dirt sheets and internet and stuff came out, so you couldn't tell what was real, what was fake. So, like, these guys showing up in WCW when they were on WWE just a week ago right. threw everybody for a loop, you know. When I was watching wrestling, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God, they're on WCW. I can't believe it. And then fast forward to Bash at the Beach, and Macho Man's getting the snot pounded out of him by National Hall. And who comes to say today? Mr. Hogan. Hulk Hogan comes out. Crowd's loving it. He chases Hall and Nash away only to late drop Macho Man in the middle of the ring and to reveal himself as Hollywood Hogan, the leader of the NWO. It can't get better than that. Right, one of the greatest <laughs> heel turns in the history of wrestling, oh, right? <laughs> the greatest heel turn, yeah. You know, Hogan was the, as they call it in the business, the white meat baby face, you know. So right. him to come out and just turn and just... Yeah. He reinvented his career at that point. If he wouldn't have done that, I don't think he would have been as popular. I'll link to that in the show notes, that video, because there's just you should see the pile of rubbish that is oh hurled into the ring. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. One of my top moments in uh, yeah. wrestling history. And, and me and Gene Oakland doing his great stuff. He, he was so good as just the, yeah. the straight man for all of this. Yeah, stuff, you exactly. Know? You got Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone just going nuts on the, <laughs> on the announcing. They just couldn't believe it. And Hogan dropping that leg, and all of a sudden... People were cheering, but then all of a sudden, just piles of trash getting thrown in the <laughs> ring. <laughs> right. uh, so let's talk Kevin Nash here. Uh, any of these cards that leap out to you as the great heel card that is Kevin Nash? Yeah, I like the NWO founder. Whenever a Kevin Nash superstar die is damaged while attacking and not KO'd, deal two damage to your opponent. Yeah. Because if you're not knocking out Kevin Nash, he's going to make you pay for it. Yep. He's tall. He's seven feet tall. Yep. And we should mention that he's got a nice global on the card. Looking, It's kind of like an updated version of the frontline global. It is pay one fist, target superstar die, can't block this turn unless its owner pays two life. You can only use this global once per superstar die. It's like a nerfed relentless, but you can just run down the line of blockers and be like, pay two, pay two, pay two, yeah, pay two. That could, get, that could add up real quickly. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, for sure. And the three of them are... 
NWO founder, NWO Wolfpack, and WWE Hall of Famer. And two of them I have like the that ability too. Yeah, why don't you read that out? Um, when Kevin Nash attacks, you may pay Bolt Fist to gain plus two, plus two, and overcrush until end of turn. Yeah. But you must pay separately for each die. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one thing that we forgot to mention about this team pack is I think every character in the team pack is a crossover character. Yeah, which makes it harder and to get the discounts, cool. but it's cool, right? So he's a Bolt Fist, yeah. Kevin is. And the last one, NWO Wolf Pack, is also very good. It's cross pulse, remove target opposing superstar die from the field zone until the end of turn. So if you have that on your that's team, great. there's just like an on-command removal when yeah. you buy them. There's like nothing in, in the game that can really stop you from buying stuff. That's why the super rare you want to is so powerful. But you can just do that and get rid of something for That's really true. If you got yeah, something that's really hassling you, say goodbye, right? If exactly. you got that Triple H, maybe, you know, Kevin Nash can get rid of him. All right, so on to Kofi Kingston, another part of what was it? What was the name of the New yep, Day? The New Day. Yeah, the New Day. So another yep. part of the New Day affiliation here. Kofi, I'm assuming, is another great mic worker. Is that is that true? And and what's his what's his yeah. history? You know, he's like the high flying member of the New Day. He is fast. He's been around. He's a pretty good vet. He's known for in like Royal Rumbles and Battle Royals when he gets eliminated, mm-hmm. he comes up with the most creative ways to get back into the ring to avoid elimination. <laughs> He's walked on his hands around the ring before to get back in, <laughs> even walking up the steps on his hands to get in the ring. Because with a Royal Rumble, if both feet hit the floor, you're eliminated from right. the match. Okay, cool. I've seen him hop on chairs and get pushed over back to the ring. I've seen him use people f- and walk on their shoulders to get back to the ring. It's crazy. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Any of these ones jump out at you and say that, that this captures Kofi's spirit, so to speak? Yeah. Uh, stunning defense tag out, and he's got regenerate, which yeah. is pretty thematic with his getting back into the ring Royal Rumble moments. Yep. And that card in particular is a four-cost fist mask. The other two are uh, three-cost fist masks. So let's jump on to, you mentioned this name before, so let's talk about him, Roman Reigns. Yeah. And what's his affiliation? The affiliation is The Shield. The Shield, okay. Yep. The Shield was him, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. Uh, Dean Ambrose is no longer in WWE. He is going by his indie name, John Moxley, and he's in All Elite Wrestling AEW right now. Okay. So um, I'm not surprised that Dean Ambrose isn't in this set. Got it. Roman Reigns is uh, one of the bigger faces right now. A lot of people dubbed him the next John Cena. Okay. Very popular. Well, one of the biggest characters right now. Got it. Any one of these that jump out at you and say, like, this is him, man? He's a six-cost um, fist shield, I should mention. Yeah, thematically, the big dog call out because he calls out anybody. You know, yeah. he says, this is my yard. He's known as the big dog, so. Not bad. Uh, hey. But I do like his proving naysayers wrong card, though. Yeah, That's what's that one. say? That one's good. I agree. Uh, while your opponent has less life than you do, each of your active Roman Reigns superstar dice get plus three attack. <sighs> Yeah, that could be really mean with that Jerry Lawler global, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Okay, good. All right. Moving on to another member of the New World Order, Mr. Scott Hall. What's his background <laughs> in on all of this? So you mentioned a little bit. But... Yeah. Uh, so, hey, y'all. This is Scott Hall, the bad guy. <laughs> hey, Chico. <laughs> uh, I love doing Scott Hall. Yeah. Scott Hall is one of my favorites just when he was Razor Ramon and... Yeah, he left at the same time Kevin Nash did, and him and Nash started the NWO. You know, they were a tag team. They were called the Outsiders. Got it. And then that so, transitioned into the New World Order, right, with Hogan and all yep, that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Okay, cool, cool. Any of these ones that, like, say, this is the Scott Hall card of, of thematic perfection? I would say probably the uh, NWO Wolfpack, mm-hmm. which is when he's active, spin all your non-Scott Hall superstar dice up one level because he makes everyone better around him. Yeah, he's a four-cost so, bolt fist. And uh, yeah, he's got awesome. a the return of the original Phoenix Global, right? Luke yes, he does. Pay bolt, target superstar die, must attack this turn. That is so good. 
And it's kind of thematic as well because he's got that tongue that like, he's got the taunt ability, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's such a powerful. You want, you want to shot at the bad guy, Chico? I'm going to pay a bolt. You got to come at me. Man. <laughs> you, you pair that with Big E. You take all their threats away. You're not going to take much damage for it because Big E limits it to two. You can oh, just wow. get rid of all their stuff. It goes to use. You can do it on command, on opponent's turn removal. That's crazy. Um, yeah. You know, you have Black Widow seeing like a lot of meta play right now at Worlds and stuff and two team takedown, and she's limited to once per turn. Yeah. Scott Hall is not limited to once per turn. You can do it as much as you want, and it's a bolt, so that can pair with Techno, so you can do it a lot and as much as you want. And Lita, yeah. if you wanted to really go go nuts with that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, you only have yeah, twenty life. Exactly. You can't. You can't take an infinite amount. You right. know, but. <laughs> yeah, I wanna. I really wanna play Bobby Heenan with uh, WWE Hall of Famer. Plus one, plus one for each level three superstar die yeah. in the field zone. Oh, both yeah. players. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah that's gonna be crazy. great. It's gonna be great. All right, so now we're going back to another shield, Seth Rollins. What's yeah. what's what's his background? Seth freaking Rollins, the Monday Night <laughs> Messiah. He uh he yeah, he was part of the Shield when the Shield debuted in WWE. They just ran rough shot through the whole roster. He was an NXT champion, Florida Championship Wrestling champion too coming up. Universal champion, just like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is multiple champ, multiple WrestleMania headliner, same with Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, he's a heel right now, but he's been a face. He's been a heel. So, yeah, yeah, him and Roman Reigns came up together. So they've been hand-in-hand hand with their careers. There's a couple of really good cards here. You want to talk over them? I think they're, they're yeah. really strong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cross-pulse with the Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah. Deal two damage to all opposing superstar dice. Yeah. If you can buy two that's, of them, that's, that's four like damage, weapon. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. On command. So nasty. Yeah, with the uh, Yawning Portal, you can get that down for four energy. You can clear their field. Yep. Yikes. Yeah. yeah. Super. Yeah, with Yawning Portal, that's a nasty combo for sure. And then uh, Hybrid Athlete is no joke either. You want to talk about that one? Yeah, it's got take out. And then his ability is when Seth Rollins attacks, all sidekicks must block a Seth Rollins superstar die. So pull the curtain, right? Yep, exactly. So you get all those sidekicks <laughs> to block him, get them away. Yep, <laughs> kind of like that old Casey Jones a little bit from back in the yeah, Turtles days. That's so. what that reminded me of. Yeah, really, really good. All right, let's move on to Sting, NWO. Another one, some really good cards here. His finisher was the Scorpion Death Drop, right? Can you talk about that one a little bit? Yeah. Uh, Scorpion Death Drop was a reverse DDT. Yeah. So a DDT is when you grab the opponent's head and then drop with him. This was reverse of that. <laughs> so he would get you in the reverse way and then drop with you. And then he had the uh, Scorpion Death Lock, too, which was pretty much the sharpshooter. So he could do leg locks or the Death Drop. Sting was really, really yep. popular. I think still oh, is. Yeah. So I think this card Definitely. is going to see played even just for the character. But he's got some good abilities as well. Uh, you want to talk about him real quick? I like the first one, the Vigilante, the Cross Pulse. Mm-hmm. Immediately field the Sting Superstar die at level one. So yeah. you're getting him out there right away, which is cool. Yeah. And he's a three cost, which really well with nowhere because then you can just fly in the what if characters which have yeah, not seen exactly. any play since green air on the flash got cycled because then we didn't have katana anymore so there's no super efficient and consistent way to get a what if character into the field zone but now right. there's a way again and then scorpion deathlock has got tag out on it and uh, what are his stats again yep. looking they're not bad right well i mean they're certainly not great but okay. it's a zero two one zero two three and one three three okay it's a shield mask cross pulse cool all right. And then nice. the last car we got to talk about, sorry, folks, we're coming to the end of this now, is the last <laughs> of the New Day. 
Xavier Woods. What's his part in that group, would you say? He's the uh, talker. He's a big talker. Probably the best one on the mic out of the group. Very moral supportive. So he's a very good support with the team. He, when he wrestles too, he's really quick, really fast, and he's powerful too. So he's got a little bit of both. One cool thing about Xavier Woods is that he's a huge gamer. He uh, runs his own gaming channel called Up, Up, Down, Down. Cool. And he's done multiple tournaments like, you know, Street Fighter, Capcom versus Marvel. He did a Hero Clicks game with Tyler Breeze from WWE. So he does a bunch of board gaming too. But awesome. when I saw that they came out the WWE Hero Click set, he actually on the WWE site on his Up Up Down Down channel did a whole game and taught the game of Hero Click. So almost, I hope that Dice, yeah. he does the same with Dice Masters. I hope he does Dice Masters, yeah. Mr. Woods. If you're listening, you know <laughs> we, we'd love to join you, all of us. You know that sounds yeah, great. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, of these three cards, any or all of them kind of say, hey, that's pretty cool and works for his, uh, I know you you already mentioned Pancake Power as the title, so that works, but uh, (laughs) anything else? Man, all of these are great. Like I would play any of these. The one that stood out to me was Time for Francesca. Francesca is the name of his trombone that he uses (laughs) at three sides. That's great. Yeah. So he's got tag out on that card, and while he is active, you may re-roll action dice one extra time during the roll and re-roll step. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so that'll combo well with tag out, I think, because you really want to make yeah. sure you get that overcrushed die to roll, right? So yeah. It's it's going to be a lot better when Scarlet Wish cycles out, because right now, again, Scarlet Wish, that just makes action dice hard, yeah. well, a little bit harder to, yeah. to get. Though we should also <laughs> mention that on his die is the trombone, so that's really helpful. Thank you for that that's information, awesome. Bobby. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, he can actually play the trombone, too, but yeah, he uses that ringside, too. It's just hilarious if you get a chance check it out got a rough fielding cost but aside from that yeah he's solid all right so Bodie, thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking all things wrestling and giving a background to everybody out there hopefully that's been helpful for folks to reap the ultimate enjoyment out of this set and uh, i know it's helped me so i salute you thank you so much yeah no problem i appreciate it thank you for having me on it's you know an honor i listen to you guys all the time and being able to spread my plethora of wrestling knowledge is always amazing. And I'm always talking shop with anybody that will listen. That's right. <laughs> and one more time for the folks who've got a little taste now and want to tune in to the Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. Where can they find you? Definitely. Uh, you can check us out. It's Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can check us out on Facebook. You can be a member of the JP Woo, as we like to call it, the Juice Pro Wrestling Universe, where you'll get breaking news, stay up to date on wrestling news. Check out our podcast on iTunes and Spotify. We've done Tito Santana. We've done Sabu, Bill Alfonso, and the list goes on and on. We're just getting more and more guys coming in, doing the show. And then you can follow us on Twitter. It's going to be at JPDub Podcast. That's J-P-D-U-B Podcast. And Instagram under Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast. Fantastic. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. (laughs) You too, bud. Enjoy the new set, my man. Bye. Goodbye. Later. That was a slobber knocker of a good time episode, Lucan. And we survived the steel cage. Not many people who have faced violence, the living nightmare, can say that. Yeah, we kicked out just in time. If you like the show, give us a rating on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. Keep up to date with One Big Weekend 2020 information on our OBW landing page at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash OBW 2020, no apostrophe, no G. And special thanks goes out to our Patreon supporters. You know who you are. And if you'd also like to get in on the action, click on the Patreon button on our homepage to help the cause. When we get to lucky number seven, we're going to have a raffle for an AVX Super Rare Gobby. 
for the cost of a Kit Kat, you might grab a gobby. What, what is it with you and candy analogies? I'm sweet like that. Okay, moving on. Remember, if your scene is interested in rolling with us for one big weekend, you've still got a little more time to join the party. We're crafting custom prizing, so if you want to get in on that, we're going to need a little lead time. Make sure you let us know you're interested by reaching out to us via our contact page at rollandthunder.xyz before February 25th. Shall we tap out? Ring that bell. All right, everybody, enjoy the new set. Banagi Soltas. August Kovat the Kligan Lishan Von Lodgershin. And Farn Tanya Matari. She is the man. Slangafold! Well, that's the end of Turn 5, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz, without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Narlaga Gia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned. Enough said.